Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 513, the week of September 7th, 2019. I'm Chris Privetier. I'm hosting the show today. My wife has a migraine. Poor baby. She's whining a lot. That's what pain does to you. We're getting old, hey, Anna. To be fair, migraines suck. That's yeah, Kelly Ryan dealing with yes. high milk. Kelly dealing with her own migraines and or 15 cats sitting on her at the same time, which I think was the problem last night, right? Usually my, well, my high score is four, four. That, that only lasted like a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> also here bowl is Peter Thomas. Hello. Uh, hello. Or Peter yeah, Privateer 6, better. which I don't know what's not <laughs> with that in the sheet, but. What, what's your TT, <clears throat> TTB? Um, it is a week and a half on paper, um, but he the last doctor's appointment they said he is like nowhere near ready. Like he is just comfortable and happy, and for sake of getting um, not, I don't know. It's talking about a cervix TMI. <laughs> no, I okay, mean before just... a baby has to be born, the mother cervix has to soften. Yeah, and that usually okay. only happens like two days before the baby's born. So, right. So basically her cervix is a little softer than normal, but it's like still very much closed. Um, I hope she doesn't listen to this. It wasn't, it wasn't TMI until you said the word cervix is softer. That's yeah. softer was the word. You needed to not do that. Well, you know. Thanks, everybody. For making um, sure we are deserving of an adult tag. Adult cast. <laughs> hey, hey, it's educational. It is educational. If you use the proper terms, it's educational. Hey, when I think of education, I think of England. So let's talk to our educated Brits. Uh, Alice Wilkinson. No, no, That's... no, no. What? No, what? wrong name. What? Alice got married. Oh, I don't know the new last name. Morgan. I, I... Oh, is it no, I, I didn't take his name. You just add the word Mrs. It sounds classy. Oh. Mrs. Alice. This is Mrs. Alice. Mrs. Alice. Mrs. Alice Wilkinson. No, no, Thank just you. Mrs. Alice. Now you're a school teacher. Or, excuse oh. me, a school marm. <laughs> God, I hate you so much. <laughs> Why did I agree to come on this I show? I don't know. Because you wanted to brag about your wedding. Yeah, yeah, I did. You had owls, but we'll get to that later. Also, Alex is here. Alex Fuller. Hello, Alex. I am also here. Yes. Yes. And then, if you're watching the show live, here's my cat licking his butt. Oh, he stopped. He's not licking the butt anymore. Hi, Simon. Hey, we we have to talk about the new addition to our family. We got a new kitty. Well, she's not really a kitty. She's she's six. Yeah. Her name. Is Jeannie, like I dream of Jeannie. At least that's what her last owner called her. He also called her Kitty, and apparently she likes both names about equally well. Hmm. Um, so I've been humming the I dream of Jeannie theme a lot, and because I don't get to see this cat, she's just hiding out under the bed. We've had her for two days, and she's in the I'm scared of everything phase. So, but we'll we went into her room this morning. And she had eaten and used the litter box. And I turned to Chris and I said, I have never been so happy that a cat pooped in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Bodily functions are continuing. (laughs) 
Okay, isn't that nice? So, with that nice intro, Anna... <laughs> let's talk about PAX. Or should we talk about Alice's wedding? No, let's talk about Alice's wedding. That's okay. way more interesting. It's way more interesting. You had <laughs> owls! Why did you have owls? Because they sent her the rings. How did the owls work? What do you mean, how do they work? They're owls. <laughs> they breathe, fly, you know, Listen, owl stuff. all I know about English owls is from Harry Potter, and that's make-believe. So how do actual English owls work? <laughs> well, okay, so... Um, a, a few weeks before the wedding, um, my, uh, God, it's weird calling him my husband. Okay. I've still not gotten used to it. Mm -hmm. He's just sitting there quietly watching Wolf of Wall Street on Netflix while ignoring me. Um, but yeah, no, he went <laughs> Excellent. to a, a, you've already trained him. I know mm -hmm. he, he, uh, he went to a wedding fair at the place that we had our reception about, uh, like a few weeks before the wedding and, um, I was at home, unwell, and he said there, there was someone who said, oh yeah, no, we can bring some owls to your wedding, they can fly the rings. And I thought, oh no, that's a good idea, I like owls. And, um, it turns out that the, uh, the, the recept, the, um, room that we had the ceremony in is pretty small, and they don't allow pets, which, funnily enough, includes trained barn owls. <laughs> so we did a, we did a standard uh, ring exchange. Uh, one of my best friends from Portsmouth was the ring bearer. And um, what we did was when we got to where we had the reception, which was a uh, hotel nearby, uh, we actually just took took our rings off, tied them, had the person tie the uh, rings to the owl's legs using uh, a very pretty white ribbon and then just did the flight again or just did the flight and exchange rings again. But this time we had all the photographs and stuff They're like so that. So cute. They bring um, you the rings. Yeah, we are still waiting for the official pictures. Yeah. Uh, they take a little they while. Are, the, we're, well, we're expecting uh, um, the, them to be available digitally on Monday, so I may be able to share some of them next week. Ooh. That's awesome. So, yeah, I'm now married. I'm so jealous of the owls. Also, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, there'll be plenty of pictures of us uh, and with the owls because they uh, they hung around our reception for quite some time to let most of our guests pose with them as well. Oh, so there's plenty of pictures. And uh, I know my sister has changed her profile picture to a picture of her at the reception with one of the owls. The owls. Um, uh, my mother in law. You gotta be has careful well. with stuff like that because all of a sudden the wedding's no longer about you. It's about the damn owls. <laughs> I know, I know. But it was nice. Honestly, it was um, for my husband at least. It was. It kind of brought his family together because they don't see each other very often. Um, and it was nice to bring my kind of disparate friend groups because they've been sort of scattered ever since I left university. Wait, you had parrots too. Sorry. Oh, disparate. Okay, never mind. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Not disparate. <laughs> I wanted no, to see what disparate was. No, the only person I didn't invite was my dad, because fuck him. Okay, <laughs> well. <laughs> RPG cast, airing grievances since the 2003. You didn't invite us. That was so sad. I was like, where's my invitation? But Sorry. No, 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 no. So here's an interesting cultural thing, and maybe other people will have some insight on this, but like 
Chris and Chris, I was like, I'm surprised they didn't send an invitation. Wait, no, I'm actually not surprised they didn't send an invitation. Because in American culture, you send everybody an invitation that you want to get a gift from. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it's perceived. And like in Canada, you don't invite people unless you actually want them there. Yeah. yeah no, you, you invite people you want there. Yeah. <laughs> they, and we, uh, wait, we, we you, were. Wait, wait, you didn't want us there? Well, no, there was no way we were going to make it. Well, well, and also the fact that we were basically full. If you had made <laughs> the, this uh, wedding three years ago like it was supposed to be, and we could plan it, maybe we could have gone. Yeah, but unfortunately, Chris, I didn't have the right piece of paperwork that meant that I couldn't get married oh, until like February politics. this year. The, did the owl steal it? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. If, did I? I did link a picture of my wing, uh, rings, right? There's so yeah. Uh, yeah. At least in the Discord. I don't know. If... Yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. I'll have to when when the official po- pictures come out. I may make a couple of them public. I Yay! Don't know. Your I, I dress share... was beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. Like no, I've no. never seen. It was like red, but not purple. red. It was purple. Yes. I was um, so excited. Like, I'm like, this is a I, red shade that I can see. I'm sorry, I cut you yeah. off. I, uh, I really, well, purple's my favorite color. I'm just going to rename this uh, podcast Musings of a Colorblind Lady. <laughs> but uh, I do very much appreciate the wedding gift that you two sent me. Uh, yeah, we had to send you some video game related stuff because, you know, it's RP Gamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, but, uh, uh, you sent me the headset as well, didn't you? Yeah, yep. yeah. We sent yeah. you Mario Maker two so that you two could play together, and then a headset yep. so that you could. Because whenever each other. I see somebody who wants something from Sennheiser, I have to get it from them because they have good taste. <laughs> well, uh, David already has some Sennheisers. I yeah. just wanted to. F- I just wanted to fit in. There you go. How you remember you bought my Sennheiser headset as well? Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> I can't poke the old one. <laughs> I mean, that's the advantages is uh, my birthday is on the August 18th. Uh, sorry, August 19th, like Alex. Yeah, um, that's crazy there. Yeah, happy yeah. birthday, guys. Yeah, da- uh, David's birthday is August 27th, and we got married on August the 24th. Oh, so this it's is easy like to my parents. So it's easy to remember. So I'll have two birthdays and a wedding anniversary almost right on top of each other. Well, that's fewer gifts, though, isn't it? Eh, whatever. It means we can get bigger gifts, though. Okay, fair enough. Um, and my... you can get it all out of the way in one month. Yeah, that's true. Anna, we didn't forget our anniversary did you, this year, did we? Um, we have to think about it. <laughs> no, we went to Best Buy and we got did each a other thing. gifts. Oh, we yeah. did that again. Okay. Yeah, I, that's my favorite thing that we do. And oh, we go to, that's we go right. To melting so, Pot. May thirty first, we were like, we should go to Melting Pot tomorrow because it's a Wednesday. <laughs> Real romantic plans. <laughs> first couple of years so, i was doing the anniversary gifts off the list and stuff but then i found out anna actually never does anything with those gifts she she just feels too happy about them so we stopped we just i have my pokemon cards in my little box yeah my desk yeah that with all been, my precious how things. many things did how many years have you been planning to to frame those anna? well it came in the first anniversary and we had our sixth anniversary this year so five years yeah. <laughs> we we now have a record-breaking wedding are you hoping to wait for like the statute of limitations to run out and then you don't have to frame them anymore is no. that the plan 
I mean, uh, our friend Michaels. I'm sorry, Alice. Go ahead. That's all right. Our friend from uh, Virginia uh, bought us a uh, sandwich toaster that was on our list, and David has definitely oh, been making a lot of loose, a lot of use of that. And yeah, we know we haven't had a sandwich toaster for like the six years that we've been living here. So we have a picture that a friend made for us that has Sabin and Tara and like a little heart between them and like the wedding date. It's it's like this beautiful piece of pixel uh, water paint artwork, and it's still sitting on a shelf wrapped in at the uh, in our office. Chris every once in a while pulls out the box and goes, oh, "This is really nice. We should frame it," and then shoves it immediately back in. <laughs> Uh, we're planning on having a couple of our pictures like printed out on canvas. I can actually show if you're watching the stream. This closet up here, the top left shelf. Just ignore the mess of cords. That's where all my cords go for audio stuff, and the Pikachu just hiding behind it, being angry at the cords. Um, in the top left is all the things we think we should frame. It keeps getting bigger and bigger, and it doesn't look like much on the camera. But keep in mind, things are flat and they're stacked on top of one another. One of so. those is my. <laughs> Um, Cthulhu Saves the World poster that's mm -hmm. autographed by Bill and Robert, and it says, two paws, thanks for driving us insane. Well, the thing is <laughs> about Cthulhu Saves the World is first you should play Cthulhu Saves the World. I have. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. You think, you're think you thinking of Cosmic Star Hero, yeah, I am which I own on like too. four different consoles and still haven't managed mm -hmm. to really play it. Mm -hmm. But right. pause is in that game as well. All right, so should we get on with uh, the packs? Yeah, so... Right. Yeah, um, we, we can do that. Oh, packs. Oh, my God. All right, so we sent, like, eight people the packs, I think. Wait, really? Yep. Jesus. I have not been keeping up with this at all. It's done for mine in a couple of days. So. Yep. And um, I played 37 games in four days, and Alex posted all of my impressions, except for the few that pascal um, yeah, pascal's posted. a decent number thank you so we have to buy you another sennheiser or something um but anyways yeah all right i'm gonna whip through all of the things that i played um in in like little reviewlets because there are impressions of all of these like 40 games that are up on the site um so check them out um epic tavern oh that was good it's in early access right now um, you play as a tavern keeper whose parents had an awesome tavern and then they earthquake themselves to death, sealing a big portal. Um, and the game is divided between mini D&D &D campaigns and actually managing the tavern. It's really cool. Can't wait for it to come out um, in full. And then I played um, Witchstone, um, which is kind of like Divinity, but the choices actually matter. Um, so it has sort of like the same sort of colorful, um, but still bleached out um, graphics and you go around and do stuff. So like there's a little village that we were in and I could decide to, there were two factions warring and I could decide to kill one faction leader, kill both faction leaders. Um, if I only killed one of them, the other faction would like kind of fill the void and become more powerful and then it would be harder to take them out. Um, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Um, not my kind of game, but what was my kind of game? Oh my gosh, was Iron Danger. You're playing as a girl that has a giant glowing nail shoved into her chest. You can actually see it like dangling out the back of her body, but it's not gross at all. And so you have 10 heartbeats or five seconds that you can rewind time. So you're iteratively working your way through each encounter 
and you like, all right, I'm going to throw a fireball that way. Oh, oops. No, that, that totally missed rewind time. All right. Um, now I'm going to do this, the fireball half a second sooner. Um, all right, that hit them, but it also set the grain that I'm standing on on fire and I killed myself. All right, rewind. All right. So I'm going to dodge left and then I'm going to throw the fireball that gets me out of the grain and then it hits them and I'm really excited. Didn't do enough damage. All right, rewind. All right. I'm going to throw a barrel of oil and then I'm going to dodge and then I'm going to throw a fireball that did it. All right, carry on. Isn't that cool? It sounds cool. It's, it's cool. <laughs> it, it, it sounds very hectic, but anytime that you rewind time, you pause. So you can like look around and figure out what you're going to do. And it's like, all right, where's the big guy? Is there ads that are coming? You can just like totally run away. But um, yeah, all right. Uh, Young Souls, which is like a, a River City style beat em up where you're playing. Um, as a boy and girl twin, there's a goblin world. You go into the goblin world. There's randomly generated dungeons. You have to finish them all in one go, but there is little as two rooms. So um, totally doable. And uh, yeah, then you like train in the gym and buy stuff. And as you go deeper in the goblin world, you um, free goblins that are helpful to humans. There's a little guy. He like jumps up and down behind his counter and screams potions. And it's really awesome. Um, and then, oh, I think this might have been my game of the show. It's called Game Deck. And it's like this dystopian future where the AI runs everything, so humans have nothing to do but play hardcore VMR MMOs all day. It's like the Matrix. Mm. And so you're a game detective, which is what a game deck is. And so you're going into the games and figuring out problems for people, and there's like this big um, graph where it's like, all right, here's your problem in the middle, and there's like columns down the left-hand side, and that's all the clues that you can discover inside of the world. Um, and it was great because the first game I went to is, of course, knowing me, Harvest Time, which is a hardcore farming MMO. Um, don't ask. It, it worked. Um, and the cool thing is, is the, the MMOs are all like fully functional. So you can like go into the fields and like uh, plant and, and maintain the crops and harvest them and you get coins and then you can spend them inside of the game. Yeah. Um, and so you got to find clues. But the thing is, is... Um, which clues you find are determined by the choices that you make. So for example, there's a girl that like halfway through the demo, she killed over dead. So then I, I, I could no longer get the information that she provided, but all of the information has um, multiple um, ways to actually acquire it. So even though that particular path was close to me, I could go and get the information that she had at some other point. And then you can um, have up to three solutions to the problem. And then which solutions um, that you do to these various problems dictates which ending that you get. So it's kind of like Detroit Become Human, but less on rails. All right. Um, Winter Moon, ta Winter, sorry, I keep saying this. Winter Moore Tactics Club. I wrote Winter Moon every time and then I had to go through and fix my whole impression. It was so bad. All right. So this is like, um, what if someone made the Final Fantasy Tactics Snowball fight into a full game? So you're, you're the Tactics Club at the Wintermore Academy and the president or the, the principal of your schools decided that um, any club that wants to exist further has to have a snowball fight. And if you don't participate, your club's disbanded. So you play um, CNC, um, Curses and Catacombs, and there's even like a Gary Gygax guy who's like super nerdy and yeah. Um, and so you're split between the, the fantasy world where you're playing curses and catacombs and the real world where you're having snowball fights. Um, abilities that you learn in C&C end up becoming relevant in the real world. You have to beat up other clubs. You can get other club members to join you. It is adorable. I can't wait for it to come out. Um, and then, ooh, if you didn't get enough dungeon crawling with like Moonlighter and like Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, there's Crown Trick. Um, 
which is like a dungeon crawling RPG with light puzzle elements where um, it's like a mystery dungeon game. So one move equals one enemy move. Um, but it has like all of this cool uh, environmental stuff that Chocobo Mystery Dungeons have. So um, one of the first things that you do is you get um, a familiar and the familiar can cast a fireball. So what you do is you walk close to you walk. You walk so that the enemies are standing in oil and they just throw a fireball on them and they're like, ah, I'm on fire, dead. Um, and so, and then there's like bosses, but the cool thing is, is, um, as you go through like the first, um, section of the game, it's all about like witches and witchcrafts. There's like the little dancing brooms from Fantasia and other witchy, witchy type thing, familiar things. Um, and then there's three witches that you have to beat as normal bosses. And if you not only beat them, but gather all the dream shards and they weren't really specific about how you did that, you actually unlock a secret boss. And the secret boss is the three witches looking over a, a board game and you're on the board game. So that was kind of cool. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Um, and super shout out to the guy who was showing it to me because his English wasn't really good. And so what he did is he had like a translator from like Chinese to English on his phone and he was just firing off words so that I could write them down. That was like the best ESL demo that I think I've ever had. So thumbs up Crown Trick, support them. They were awesome. Um, and then uh, David and I went and played the Final Fantasy VII Remake. It was interesting. Um, I do have one complaint in that um, Barrett is the character that um, aims at the ranged characters, which you can only hit with either Barrett's gun, arm, or magic. And I found that he doesn't aim the things that I want him to aim at. But other than that, the game is ridiculously pretty. Um, it feels like Final Fantasy VII. I'm interested in playing it since I never beat Final Fantasy VII. Um, and then I played Trials of Mana, which I liked way more than Final Fantasy VII. So I have never played the original Trials of Mana. I wasn't in the emulation, and so uh, totally skipped by me. I was like, I don't know if I should buy the collection of Mana because I don't know if I'm interested in any of the games. But oh my gosh, the remake was amazing. It feels like a totally new game. David was super impressed. He was like comparing things for me the whole time that I was playing so that I could get a feeling of like what's old versus what's new. It's like this really awesome action RPG. I beat up so many rabbites. I was so happy. I slayed many <laughs> mushrooms. Um, and then I... No, but it squeaks and plops over. Oh, okay. Whenever I play Secret of Mana, I would always get thirsty when I killed rabbis. Okay. Oh, because they have little sweat drops that fall off of them, oh, don't yeah. they? Well, they're juicy. Uh, I bet they taste like that. Oh, no, that slime's gross. Oh. All right. Um, and then I talked to the dev behind a potato tail, which is like the most vegetable-infused, pun-tastic not really a metroidvania but kind of a metroidvania but more of an rpg than a metroidvania game um and it's nifty so um as you gain more and more um fellow felines of various races so there's the avocado and the persnips and the pernapples and the permatos and the and they all think the potatoes are just the worst um, and so you are uh, Princess Pixel, who 20 years ago, her her castle was exploded. And so she's been in the castle for 20 years, hasn't really explored outside of it. Now she's going out in the world. Here's the thing that I love is not only does every um, cat that you recruit have its own abilities, including explosive flatulence, but all of the 
um, cats can stack. And so if it's like, oh, I want to go up onto that platform, but I can't reach it yet. You go and you make some friends and then you can stack up your potatoes and other fruits and vegetables and then be able to get onto the higher platform. So I thought that was a really nifty way to um, handle platforming. Um, and then there's there's like crazy other things. There's like um, tea crafting and a collectible card game and like um, shops for items and, and, and other things and quests and subquests and um, puzzles that are like for specific veggies. And it looks amazing. So um, yeah, it's coming late 2020. So I'm going to have to wait a while before I'm going to be able to play it. All right, next page. So uh, I'm confused. How did, how did they license the, the short race from Final Fantasy 14 for this? No, those are lalafels. These yeah. are cats. Well, they're also popotos. These are potatoes. Same thing, right? No. Oh, okay. Um, and then I played Six Ages Ride Like the Wind, which is fine, but it's not the kind of game that I like because um, it's sort of like, it, it's the same reason that I kind of bounce off of the idea of Banner Saga in that there is no such thing as a good choice. There are only choices that suck less. So it's a narrative RPG. You're leading this clan. The clan has seven families. There are seven spaces on your council. So you can either keep a balance or do an imbalance. Oh, this is one of these one. weird like text adventure type things. Yeah, yeah, with light RPG elements. They're on like mobile already. Uh, no. Uh, okay. It's a sequel to Dragon Pass and uh, came out on June 28th on iOS and 2019 PC Mac. Oh, okay. According to this YouTube video. But what do I know? All right. <laughs> I asked if it was out anywhere. They said no. So, but anyways, um, and then I played a game that I'm super interested in, Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh, yeah. So I, Actually, I just want to say, I remember a lot of people saying Dragon Pass was really good. So if you're into Dragon Pass and those sorts of choose-your-own-adventure tech-style things, you might want to look at that game. Because it's not for Anna, but it might be for you. All right, Boyfriend Dungeon. Hit me where, with the, How many swords did you... Did you um, all right, Touch. so um, there were there was a new sword in this demo compared to last year, so they added Isaac. So I did um, Isaac's dating <coughs> event, um, and it was great because I I got to use the the worst. I was like writing down things that I intended to use in my um, impression, and I literally wrote down open wieldership, and then Isaac actually said open wieldership, and I was like, no, they stole the. Uh, okay, I don't know what that means. All right, so. Um, I, I was like sad because I'm like, well, I really like Valeria as a character, but I don't like her weapon. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, can I like date Valeria and then use one of the other weapons in the dungeon? And the answer is yes, because you have an open wieldership. As opposed to relationship. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, it's amazing. Um, they, they also showed off the bedroom, which is new for this year. You get to customize your character. You get to stack your zines. So zines are kind of like your magic spells. And you can only have one of them equipped at a time. But certain dungeons will favor certain zines. So I had one that like scared away all the spiders. And I went, eee, running away. Um, and then I switched it to a, a fireball one. It was like pew, pew, pew. And everything blew up. And I was really happy. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and then the uh, crafting station, material station. So they don't do it in any of the demos that they've showed, but all the enemies have, like, loot tables, and they drop stuff, and then you can use those to either make new zines or upgrade zines or um, create gifts for your um, weapons. New zines? Yes. Like magazines? Yes. Zines are your magic spells. Okay. 
Um, and then I got to um, interview the guy who is developing Lucifer within us, which is kind of amazing. So this is like a dystopian, super religious world where like the church dictates everything that happens in the world. And so when babies are born, the, the church dictates that they have to be um, implanted with cybernetics. What? Yeah, it's like crazy wild. And so the problem is, is because everybody has cybernetics, they're um, weak to... Um, Magic? Digital diseases, oh. digital demons. <laughs> like, wow, Devil Survivor. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, SMT was like a huge influence for us. So that was kind of cool. It's a neat take on it. So what happens is, is there's like a, you're you're playing a, a detective that um, is also, a, what do you call the people who take demons out of people? Exorcist. Yes. So you're a detective exorcist. And so. Detectorcist. Detectorcist. Thank you. Um and so the, you, you find a murder and you're called in to solve the murder and there's multiple people and they kind of tell you about um, their, their like uh, recollection of the events. And the more you talk to them about these recollections, um, so the game kind of like creates a 3D like walkable inside of um, version of what happened based on everybody's events. But there are going to be certain things that don't match up. So, like, for example, this guy was like, I walked through the graveyard at 820 at night. But um, we know that he couldn't have done that because he left behind um, wet footprints on the concrete and um, the grass was only watered at 845. I cannot find any video of this game other than a, a trailer. Yep. What is going on? Here? Yeah, so it's it's pretty early in development. So they don't have a release date, but it sounds really cool, and I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more about it. Um, and it's neat because it's it's sort of like the the game where you're doing iterative combat stuff, so you can like rewind and fast forward through the video to find all the contradictions. Mm. Um, you know, they really like um, uh, the idea of like Phoenix Wright is cool, but it's like super on rails. So there's only like one answer to to your problem, and in this, there are multiple answers that get you to the end. Did you play the other game at PAX where you're Lucifer? No. Okay. Um, and then I went over and I played Nirvana. There's a, there's a game at PAX where you're Lucifer and you go kill God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's I like... I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's like Valhalla, but more stuff going on. All right. What's the game that you're talking about now? Nirvana. Nirvana. Yes. N1RV. Okay. Don't search for Nirvana on the web and expect the game to come up. No. N1RV, capital oh. A-N-N dash capital A. Oh, Nerve Anna. Right. Yes. Just like Valhalla. Right. Yeah, I can never spell that either. V-A dash one. So this is the, the visual novel where you're a bartender. Yes. The, the sequel. Yes. Um, and so... Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. That's getting a sequel? Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's good. So um, everything's expanded. So one, in, in, in Valhalla, it was all Synthahal. Hall. Um, Nirvana being an inn and in a much more prestigious neighborhood so, sells real alcohol. So I think you had something like eight or ten ingredients in total for... You're off mic. Um, Valhalla. Yeah, I accidentally smacked my bagel and had cream cheese all over me. You had a cream cheese crisis? I had a cream cheese crisis. Wow. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, uh, so it's a it's a bar inside of an inn, so there's way more ingredients. There's like 45 ingredients, but there's still lots of um, recipes to follow, and there's still sort of the same sort of rules. Um, you shake it by like switching, swishing your mouse back and forth, although it'll automatically shake it if you're like, I don't want to do this because it hurts my hand, which was really nice for me. Um, so it's coming to like PC and Switch and soon, yeah, 2020. So, yeah, it's good. It's like Valhalla, but more complex in both um, function and features. So, all right. Uh, what else did I play? Oh, I played Haven. You played this with me, Chris. Well, sort of, right? I did. It was a co-op adventure with two extremely pda people. <laughs> yeah, and so you're playing... To as the co- point where it's just like, okay, guys, just come on. <laughs> Chris got really embarrassed because the like the opening scene is like Kai and you talking to each other and then like you bends Kai over the table is like, what's up, Zax? Um, and then the power goes out. Can I just say the PAX indie devs are just they're really horny and they really <laughs> shows in all their games. <laughs> I don't think that um, the Game Bakers is really an indie studio at this point. They've been around for over 10 years. And they're they were big. at the Meggie booth. Yeah, I know. I the mega horny booth is what I should call it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So if you're playing as two players, each of you control a character. If you're playing as uh, one person, it's like the face buttons control one of the characters and then the directional buttons control the other. And so they're like on this planet and you have so many questions at the start of the game, but the game doesn't tell you anything. You have to like discover it as you go through the narrative. Apple Doos. Yes. Apple Doos. Yeah, they're on a planet. There you go. Um, they've, over that table. they've crashed there. They have their nest, which is what they call their ship. And they don't want to go back to the apiary. And I don't know if the apiary is a group or a ship or what it is. Um, I had a They're little... escaping from some sort of evil empire or something like that. Yeah, you maybe. Know? So yeah. They've, they've come here. They went through some kind of, kind of jump gate to get here. They're hoping nobody finds them. And she's they special because boots. they're going to come back and try and get her. And I don't know why. And you control this magic substance called flow, which is something you can pick up and harvest from the planet. <laughs> and then you go and collect things and craft things and... Or do you craft, or is it just... You do craft. Okay, yeah. And there's then cooking and crafting, we don't and know then what there's else. combat. It's, there's a lot of, like, traveling like it's journey, because you're just, like, skating around. Yeah. Um, and the combat's really interesting, but I have trouble... Um, if I'm pushing, like, A or a circle on the controller, I automatically want to push right on the D-pad. So it's hard for me to do things that are opposite each other. So I think it's probably going to be the kind of game that I'm going to have to play two-player because my brain just doesn't work that way. Um, and then we played Solasta, which is not in any way my kind of game, but was still cool. So they're using the um, D&D 5th edition rule set, and it, so it plays just like a D&D campaign. Oh, wait, what are we on now? Solasta? Solasta. I'm sorry, I missed the transition. Yeah. Solasta was really cool because like Baldur's Gate, but turn-based tactical RPG instead of turn-based um, f- uh, real-time with excuse me, instead of real time with pause and not you, the, the pause button. And, uh, it's really cool. I, they have a demo out cause they're doing a Kickstarter right now. I encourage you all to go try the demo. If you're interested in those isometric, um, though this is actually more of a Neverwinter nights camera situation instead of a true isometric cause you can spin around and stuff. Um, but yeah, it, oh, I love the way this felt. Don't, didn't you Anna or did no. you not? Oh, it's too dark. 
and I meant the game as the system, the the tactical. Oh. Yeah, no, the gameplay stuff. feels really good. It, yeah, I'm not I know the setting is the not for you setting. at all. This yeah. is this is they're using the open games license, so it's all D and D trappings um, with their own setting. So it's not like a D and D campaign setting, but like the turning D and D tactical like this. I love other games that have done similar things um, with other game systems, and just this felt good. Also, um, they make a really good point of rewarding you for exploring. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, at least in the demo, yeah, <laughs> they but might I mean, start punishing it in other. Scenarios. I don't know. It it seems like something that was going to carry into the game because she was really excited about explaining it to me. Mm. So, yeah, we had an awesome PR lady that like totally did the whole demo for it. it was It was really great. Um, and then we went over and chilled out with Nisa, and we played some Nisa titles. And it sucked because we only had an hour with them. Um, and they had like seven games that I wanted to All right, play. So talk about the ones you care about. All right. So we played Destiny Connect TikTok Travelers. Um, this was a k- kid's cartoon Yeah, this game, is sort of like my first, R- my first JRPG, but it still has depth to it. Um, and so you are like a boy and a girl and a robot, and the robot can time travel. So what ends up happening is it's, it's the turn of the um, millennium. So it's December 31st, 1999, and time freezes at 11.59 p.m., and only a couple of people um, stay active, and they have no idea what's going on, but you have Isaac, your robot, and he travels um, to two different time periods. So, like, um, we played a little bit of the story, and then we jumped, like, seven hours into the game, and we were in the 1970s. It's still in the same um, town. So that was kind of interesting. And of course, because of the jump in gameplay, we weren't able to find out how, but we got to play the combat. And the combat was really neat. It was actually way more strategic than I thought it would be. So I had like Isaac taunting the enemy. And then I had, um, what's her name? Shoot. Um, Pegrio. So, um, he's uh, Pegrio. Yeah, Pegrio. Um, he laid down traps. And the traps were activated by either your side using a skill or their side using a skill or after a certain amount of time. And then I had Sherry um, healing the party as needed. And if I didn't need to heal, then she would shoot and trigger the traps. So it was really cool. Once I figured it out, I needed some help from Aaron. So thanks, Aaron. PR girl there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I can't wait for that. And then I got to play. Wheels is going to be so happy to, to, to hear this. I got to play the Alliance Live HD Remastered. So it feels really good. It's cute and it's colorful. And I didn't like... What was the game that came before this? Legend of Legacy? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. game was not good for me. Um, this is supposed to be a lot more approachable. You're supposed to be able to progress a lot faster. Um, and that definitely rang true in the in the demo. So like I ran around on the outside and I did some combat and I got to um, learn some new life attacks. And when I used SP, I gained HP. And when I took um, hits, I gained HP. It was very nice. It felt like the way I think Legend of Legacy should have played and didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it does. Okay. Um, Alliance Alive basically took everything that was good about Legend of Legacy and made it better and kind of filtered out all the bad. Ooh, it's Dragon Quest Builders too. Yeah, that, yeah, pretty much. All right, and then I played and sucked at Feyland and Chris was much better at it. Um, so this is like... Zelda 2 but modern everything um, so it's got like these Zelda really... 2 plus Metroidvania yeah so it's got um, it looks in which really you realize good. Zelda 2 kind of was a Metroidvania but you didn't realize it then <laughs> because there was no such thing as Metroidvania until a couple of years ago <laughs> 
Thanks, Jeremy. Um, so Bayland yeah, is really cool. It it has like this really beautiful pixely artwork. Um, so for the demo, they had the hero. You can play as a heroine later. Um, and so I like the fact that um, how you um, approach each enemy can depend on what kind of style of combat that you have. So like there were spiders and they were like dangling down in a spider web. All right. So I could run close to them and wait until they tried to drop down on my head and then stab them with my knife. Or I could like stand a little bit back and jump and fire off some arrows and just pick them out of the sky. Or I could let them dangle down, jump up and slice off their spider web with my knife. And then they would drop to the ground and act like a ground enemy. So that was cool. And then um, there was like a Dark Souls style boss, which very quickly ate my face. It's not Dark Souls. There was just a pattern. That's not... (sighs) Stop calling everything Dark Souls just because it has a pattern. (laughs) I don't tend to call things Dark Souls. This to me was like Dark Souls. (laughs) It's the Dark Souls of Metroidvania. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's totally not. It's just a freaking... It's a standard action boss where you have to memorize a pattern and just dodge and then attack. Yeah, so there's a girl spider. She sticks her head out. She throws... She spitwees a spider web at you. And then she throws some babies at you. And then she throws some babies at you and then retreats. So if you dodge the spider web, you get to be able to shoot her in the face with an arrow. And then once once her health is halfway down... Um, her pattern changes. So like she None comes... of this is innovative, Anna. This is very standard boss mechanics. Okay. <laughs> she comes out of the cave and she patooies a spider web at you. And this time if she catches you, she goes wham, wham, wham with her leg. And it was really fun watching her beat up Chris. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had to do it twice. And then I had no health items after the first time. So he had to fill them up for me. Yep. Like... Then I got her. Yep. It really wasn't that hard. Just... Um, and then we played Cacquas too. Yeah. When is Feyland coming out? Uh, I want to know, Next though. year. Next year. I think. Hang on. Cat um, Quest 2 is coming much sooner. Yes. Um, Feyland is summer 2020. No, wait. Before you move on from Nisa, did you play any Line Greaser 1 and 2 remake? Nope. We already time. moved away from Nisa. Okay. Oh, no, no, we're going to jump to one more later. Oh, I just... Okay. It, it was proofed out of order because I had to wait for someone who wouldn't be spoiled. So I had to wait for someone, which is Alex, who had played the first two games because Pascal was the other person that was helping me with all these proofings. And remember, he just finished Cold Steel 1. So So he didn't want to prove Cold Steel 3. Well, nobody wants to hear about Cold Steel 3 on the show then because if they're going to be spoiled, they don't want to be spoiled. And if if they already know 1 and 2, they don't really need to hear about 3 because they're already invested, right? Well, yeah. it wasn't too hard to remove the spoilers, so like really oh, okay. minor ones, and I just chopped it off. Oh, okay. Didn't actually, add anything. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, because I haven't finished Cold Steel two yet. There's been too much other stuff to play this year. Yeah, it was only the stuff about one of the characters that uh, is possibly a spoiler. But I had to sit there and just not look at the screen and hope that the audio didn't spoil me because I haven't played any of this yeah. yet, and I still want to. So I mean, it was really yeah, awkward. Even... Like I told the lady, I'm not, I'm not trying to ignore you or not pay attention. I'm looking at my phone because I haven't played the first two games and I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, <laughs> the thing's, it, it's more of a spoiler for the untranslated games than Cold Steel Two. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um... She would not commit to translating the other games. By the way, we tried, but she's a PR person. She can't make those decisions. No. Well, no. I. I... I didn't ask her if they would. I asked her if they were interested, and the answer is yes. Of course. So I you said never to say her, no to new business. Well, no, it's like, so, I mean, I talked about this during the meeting, but it's like, 
you know, uh, Falcom did like this kind of 180 this year where they basically went from we don't do um, re-releases and we don't do ports. If our partners want to do it, we will license it to them. Which is like why Ease 1 and 2 is like a .emu game and there's like four versions of Ease 4 and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. so, but this year when they were at... Um, uh, was it San Diego Comic-Con? No. Uh, they were at some Comic-Con this year. And um, the the guy who runs Falcom is like, yeah, we're totally thinking about porting the, the crossbow games forward because we want them to be accessible to as many people as possible. And it's like, what? Uh, excuse me? Like, that came out of nowhere. So I said to them, you know, hey, you know, considering his comments, you know, obviously you can't say, yes, we're definitely doing this, but are you interested in doing it? And they said, yes. So if it happens, it'll probably be localized by Nisa. And that makes sense. So you're saying there's a chance. Right. Yeah. It was the least committal thing that she could say. But anyway, Anna was happy by it. Yes. So, yes. do you want to tell anybody about Cold Steel since we were talking about Cold Steel now? Yeah. Um, I've got a video from Cold Steel, the knife company running, so <laughs> we're all good. Cold Steel 3 plays like Cold Steel 1 and 2, but it's sharper. And except um, the this magic seems to take too. way, way longer to cast. <laughs> and I don't know if that's me not remembering what's going on or I'm... Am I, am I right? Am I wrong? Like, am I having some sort of like existential crisis or what? So we'll see when the game comes out if people agree with me or not. But yeah, it feels like Cold Steel 1 and 2, but shinier. Hey, Cat Quest 2 also feels like yes. Cat Quest 1, but, but better. We yes, tell me co-op. about this. We played co-op. Yes, so I made Chris play the dog. Boo. <laughs> and I played the cat. Did it feel good, Chris? I had to play so we agreed it's the dog now. Yeah, oh, it's definitely a dog. Yeah. There's no question it's a dog. Like, you are you're apparently some old princes from the past summoned to the present to help save your your descendants' kingdoms or something? I don't know. Yeah, so... Uh, there's without, an evil cat king you need to deal with. The problem is, is I don't the know. start of Cat Quest 2 directly references the, cat, the end of Cat Quest 1. Okay. Mm. So stuff happens at the end of Cat Quest One. I wouldn't yeah. have expected that. And then there's honestly. a period of time, and then Cat Quest Two starts. So because plot, you are paired up with a dog, and you need to go save your respective kingdoms. Yes. There's a dog kingdom, a cat kingdom, and you need to go deal with them. There's bad guys. Yeah. So there's the loop is empire, which is referenced a couple of times very vaguely in the first game, which is great because you actually go to an island that sounds like it's going to lead to a bunch of quests in the lupus empire. And at the end of the question, it's like, hey, are you interested in learning more about the lupus empire? Buy our game and encourage other people to do so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at Way the moment, me. yeah, at the moment uh, in Cat Quest 2, you have Lioner the Usurper. 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 I don't think they actually spelled it like that. But they, they don't. Um, who is taking control of the cat kingdom. And then Wolfen the Labrador. <laughs> I don't even understand that one, but Four. whatever. Okay. okay. So he's got a hammer. Yeah. All right. He, he has, uh, he has cropped up in the uh, lupus kingdom. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it seems exactly like cat quest. 
By the way, I did confirm, Anna, the iOS version still doesn't have controller support, and I don't know why. Huh. They stopped patching it like over a year ago. They've totally moved on to consoles. They just said, screw mobile, I guess. I don't get it. it but, if it's not um, selling there, why would they spend time well, on I, it? Well, I get that. I'm just surprised it's not selling there. Okay. Um, the one thing that I really liked that they have changed between CatQuest 1 and CatQuest 2 is the way that the magic is learned. So in CatQuest 1, you have all of these individual towers. Mm-hmm. Um, and in CatQuest 2, you have the arcane head potters. What? Head quarters. Head, head qu- potters. Oh, head potters. Yes. Okay. Oh, and so you okay. can learn equal amounts of magic at all of the branches. Uh, you of learn it from branches. a potter master? Uh, no, you learn it from mm-hmm. an arcane master. Okay, cool. And the, what they've also done is they've divided the magic between the cat and the dog. I remember I when I get, went there, they all freaked out at me because I was a dog. And they're like, oh! Yes. And then they taught you magic anyways. Well, because the, the spirit oh. the spirit head said, trust me. That wasn't a spirit head. Well, whatever anyways. it is, but it floats around and it looks like a ghost. Yeah. It's not a spirit. Anyway. It's just a head. Um, did it's they not. change it so it's that you can... Do, <laughs> sorry, did they ahead. change it so that you can save equipment sets? Um, didn't go Ooh, that deep. I didn't see that feature, no. Okay. Um, but uh, so the cat had the, the fire spell and the dog had the ice spell. And for those who uh, either didn't play or aren't familiar, the ice spell is like a arrow north and south of your character that, and then it slows down anything that get hit. And then um, the fire spell is like a circle in front of you, and anything that gets hit gets set on fire. But yeah, now that I think about it, just thinking through the equipment options, yeah, you would totally want equipment sets because you could do magic yeah. focused or attack focused. Right, and, and so that's what I did. Swapping would you, be annoying. You played. You you took all of the physical equipment, and then I switched all. Over oh, to you all think the magical that's how they're equipment. doing it? Like they assume you'll play single player and just swap between the two characters, uh, depending on what build you want to control at the time. Maybe. Mm. Could could be possible. Could be possible. I just know that. That was my main complaint about the first game was that you have to change out equipment so much and being able to save out your favorite sets would have just been nice. Yeah, I agree. All right, that's Cat Quest. Yes. It's more Cat Quest. It's more Cat Quest, and right. that's a good thing. What else we got? Um, Chicory. Chicory. So this was a game that I this can't play by myself. This isn't an RPG. But who cares? But I, I, okay, so I colored. This is a game about coloring. Yeah, so it's like if Zelda and Animal Crossing had a baby. Because it has, like, the platforming and light action elements of a Zelda game. Um, and then it's got, like, cute graphics and, like, a focus on, like, friendship. Like, so it's Link's Awakening. I, I, Chris, I have never played Link's Awakening. Okay, fine. <laughs> that is a very poor comparison to me. So what we did is I was in charge of moving around the character. All right, story here. Oh. The world has color. You're cleaning up the color. All of a sudden, all the color disappears. You think it's your fault, but your master's paintbrush is sitting there, and that's how all the color got in the world to begin with. So you pick it up and start trying to um, help. And um, it's unclear whether or not you're really helping or not, but uh, yeah, you go out and try to help, and uh, it leads to adventure. It's so. cool because there are. It's kind of, it is kind of like Animal Crossing in that there are some characters that they will be happy no matter what you do as long as you're helping them. There are some characters that have really specific requests, and there are some characters that are not happy no matter what you do. So, But there's a lot of puzzle solving with the paintbrush. Things like if you paint these th- obstacles, they'll get out of your way. If you paint these obstacles, they form a bridge. These things you need to paint a symbol on. We didn't see any of that in the demo, but it's in the trailer. Um, if you do this stuff, you need to paint it uh, a certain 
pattern and then they'll they'll enjoy it and uh and solve a quest and stuff like that so the lots of lots of puzzle solving as you go through the world so it actually kind of looks and reminds me of uh okami mm-hmm. I didn't play that. so my job as the uh, secondary person just controlling the paintbrush while Anna ran around controlling the character talking to people was to annoyingly paint everybody different colors as I saw fit. <laughs> because you can choose kind of their outfit design as, because you're choosing what color to paint things. And so But here's the really cool thing is because paint activates and deactivates certain elemental factors, I could like get up onto a ledge and be like, all right, so I need to jump on these three trees and then go north. So he would paint in the three trees for me and then I would go north. It's like, all right, how do I get out of here? And then he would find the tree that needed to be painted and he would paint them. So that was really cool. And then we bought a, fought a boss. So the boss was like a whole bunch of eyeballs and you had to color in the, the iris of the eyeball to, to have it to take damage. But you also had to dodge things. So that was really nice to have co-op for. Yeah. So it was like, I'm like running around going, ah, And beams. I was focusing on fighting. Yes. Even though you could also fight, you also had a paintbrush. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was doing a small amount of damage, but like only when I was yeah. really sure that I wasn't going to get hit. Right, right. So someone who's actually coordinated, I'm sure, can do that game just fine. I am not. So thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Um, and then we went and saw Spirit Fair. Spirit Fair is really cute. Spirit Fair. Yeah. So this is the game where you played as the cat. See, I let you play a cat sometimes. I. <laughs> but but I was just a sidekick. You were the main character again. <laughs> right. And so Spirit Fair is about um, well a Spirit Fair. Her name is Stella, um, and she takes the. De- the dearly departed on to their afterlife. And so in this sort of game universe, when someone dies, they are changed into an animal. Um, But the less comfortable they are with the idea of being dead and moving on to the next life, the more that even though they're an animal, they will act like a human. So the person that we were helping had been transformed into a snake, uh, but they'd like coiled up their coils into arms and like had a robe on and like their just little snake head was sticking out of the very edge of the robe. It was kind of oh. cute, but they were standing up like they were a person because they hadn't accepted that they were like moving on. And so in order to help these spirits to move on, you um, help them by doing small tasks for them. So for example, the snake, um, when they were uh, alive, went onto the top of their building's roof and there was a garden there and they used to meditate. And so I built up like an apartment building and I put a garden on top of it and then they were happy and they were like, all right, so I want to go visit this place. So then we got on the ship and we went across the ocean to go to the place. Um, and then they found their necklace and they were so happy they found their necklace. They gave me a skill point and then I go to the altar and I use the skill point to unlock an ability. So you only get an ability to like that when the spirit is really close to moving on. And then I was able to have double jump and double jump was really cool and then helped me access new places because I have a finite amount of length of places that I can develop. So I'm largely developing upwards. It's confusing to explain but it makes a lot of sense when you're doing it mm-hmm. um so yeah that was cool and then at the the end of the demo they decided they were ready to move on um so yeah that was neat and there's like all sorts of mini games to do so there's like fishing and there's farming and there's yeah lots of things to do um other mini games she she was kind of being coy about it oh yeah we got to cook so i fished up some fish and then i um cooked the fish and it made the frog that was hanging out with me very happy I think he was my uncle. Yeah. Giant frog. Um, yeah. So the game is expected to be 30 to 100 hours, which was like, whoa. 
So main story quest, 30 hours. And then if you want to like absolutely 100% platinum everything, it's like 100 hours. So yeah. So I played as Stella, who's the girl. She's the spirit fair. And then Chris played as Daffodil, who's the cat. Fluffy cat. Very fluffy cat. Oh, this cat is so fluffy it can float. (laughs) Yep. So you have like this power that allows you to do the things that you need to do so like building by the way i didn't play as the cat that was the the person demoing the game oh sorry i'm that's okay my bad the cat does not like water no yeah so um the spirit fair and daffodil both have a gem and they can power it up by standing under lightning strikes which kind of freaked me out with but was kind of okay i'm scared of lightning so yeah that was okay um and then uh i went over and played I prayed. No, I played Bravery Network Online, which is like, hey, I want to play a Pokemon game, but I don't want to memorize 17 bajillion types anymore. Like that was their pitch. Like, oh, learning new Pokemon style games sucks because you have to learn a whole new chart. So they're like, let's take that out of it. Yeah. So what what happens is, is there is physical, digital and mental damage. And it's not a rock, paper, scissors system. It's everybody has an attack value and a defense value in those three stats. You can access those stats at any time. So it's like, all right, I'm going to put out um, the, uh, what was the name of the girl? Uh, Grace. Grace. So Grace had really high um, mental attack. So she hurts you with words. Um, And so uh, then the opponent swapped in someone that had a really high uh, mental defense. And I was like, oh, that sucks. So what I did is Grace Grace has these two really neat abilities that work together so well. So one, when Who's she swaps Grace? in, one of the characters that I was using. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I had a choice between like three characters as part of the demo, um, which of the three that I wanted to add to my team. So one guy was physical like me, the other guy was digital, and the third girl, she was mental. So I decided to go with Grace. She was really mental. She used to date my brother, apparently. <laughs> Uh, story uh bright so grace has these two abilities to sort of mesh really well together which is when she comes into a battle she does um 10 damage so uh, plink off a little bit of health and then she has another ability that allows her to um attack first and then she plinks off a little bit of damage and then she withdraws from the fight so i'm able to pull put her into the battle she does small amount, small but meaningful amounts of damage, and then she leaves the battle so that when the enemy attacks, I can put in someone that has a strong defense against whatever they are attacking with. So I think she's like weak physical, so I swapped in someone that had a really strong physical defense. So it was really cool kind of like seeing all this stuff work together. So yeah, um, that's coming out really soon, Q1 2020. And it's sort of set up to be like, um, almost like Pokemon cartoon episodes. So they want to do three episodes to start with possibly more coming in the future. And I think they said they were shooting for like 10 hours of gameplay. That's good. I like that. Um, Oh, yeah. So we didn't have an appointment for this. We just wandered up and I'm really glad we did. We played Undermine. Undermine's cool. Yeah, I like uh, my, my intro to this in, in, in my impression. I said, welcome to the Undermine Peasant, where you are highly replaceable. So this is a roguelike 
um, dungeon crawler where you play as a peasant, you are wimpy, you are down there to get gold. When you die, the canary takes away a portion of the gold that you have gathered and your body stays in the undermine to that, be discovered. Th- that um, <clears throat> doesn't take it away, it saves it for you. Yeah. The, par- the parakeet is what saves it for you and then um, to, to use on your next run. Canary. So, whatever it is. It's, a, it's very useful. It's a canary in the mine, Chris. Yes. You're right. Did you not catch that? I did. Okay. All right. Um, I just have parrots on the brain for some reason. I don't know why you have parrots on the brain. Listen, I have. I just have to tell you, the Undermine is really cool. It feels like... Um, uh, what other games did they make? I forget they told us, but um, this is... It's kind of like... Oh, that's right. He said it was like Binding of Isaac, but we wanted to not be as bloody. Like, what if, yeah, yeah. Was, what if we, what if, what if Binding of Isaac wasn't so gross? <laughs> yes, that's literally how we he put it. It's like, and, we really liked Binding of Isaac, but like, what if you could play Binding of Isaac and it wasn't gross? Also, um, and apparently they had to work hard for this. You can do <laughs> Mega Man style transitions between screens where yeah, you're jumping so in you the can air. Jump and then dee yeah, dee dee dee. doing that on the screen right now. It's for you. very cool. I, yeah, I picked this up as soon as I got home. It was like, oh. So yeah, this oh. is an early access. It's got a ridiculous amount of polish for a game that's in early access. Like it truly feels essentially feature complete. And there's these stupid slimes that come and steal all your gold. Yeah, so there are monsters oh, that live in the mine that are attracted to the gold that you mine up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you go plink, plink, plink against the gold vein and it it like scatters gold everywhere on the screen. So then you have to run around and try to get all the gold before the slimes do. The slimes don't attack you. There are monsters no, that attack they you. They just want your freaking gold. Yeah, they just, they're, they're the just there to steal the gold. They're the so worst. So if they get your gold, you can attack them and try to take them down. But otherwise you can you can ignore them. Yep. Um and then there's bosses. Bosses are hard. Well, the only boss we tried was hard. Yeah. Uh, he gave me the controller because he didn't want us to he wanted apparently it was a thing. Like you gotta let the people try and beat the boss. We're not gonna beat the bosses for you. So <laughs> And um it's very much, you know, bind of Isaac, so you'll get random items as you as you play each time. It's a roguelike with each new character being a um each new peasant being your a new run. Um, but there's progression, and uh, apparently the difficulty scales. So if you're having lots of trouble getting through, um, they'll make it so that you can progress the story or progress through areas. Yeah, somehow. yeah. But I he thought wasn't that clear was how. So cool. No, but, no, no yeah. he did. Um, it's a dynamic adjustment that goes on in the background almost constantly. Hmm. So um, if you're breezing through all the levels, it will start to make things a lot more challenging. So the enemy AI gets tougher. They start to get a little more hit points, stuff like that. If you're really struggling with something, they'll make the AI a little stupider. They'll make things go a little slower, uh, fewer hit points. The cool thing is, is you're always kind of progressing. Um, so that like, even if your peasant dies, a portion of the gold comes back to the surface and you're able to invest in permanent, um, upgrades for your peasants. So that's really cool. Yep. Um, I'm looking forward to playing that. It's going to come out on the Switch next year. So that's where I will be playing it. Um, and then we got to see Arcade Spirits again. Yay! So I, I played this a little bit last year. Um, it's already available out on PC. Um, but I I I just don't sit down in front of my PC and play games. So um, the, the sort of... It's a um, rom-com visual novel is kind of how I... Uh, is kind of how I... I coin it and it's about gamers and gaming. So very relevant to us. Um, and sort of the premise behind the story is, is what if the early eighties video game slash arcade crash never happened? 
So like the arcade industry is alive and thriving um, in a way that it isn't in sort of this particular timeline. Um, so yeah. And then they recently announced that they're coming to console. So um, P cube is publishing the game on Nintendo switch PS4 and Xbox one in early 2020. Um, and so the, the build for the switch we had was pretty early, um, but it still felt really good. And so the demo takes you through like a day in the life of the people who both work and play at the arcade. And so like, uh, this kid's party bursts in and I, there are three, um, problems that have to be solved, but you're only able to solve two of them. And so you have to kind of make decisions based on, um, which characters you want to interact with. So like, um, the, the two other girls that work at the arcade with you, there is a problem where the kids are throwing cupcakes. And so you can either save the machines or save the mascot costume and you will gain more relationship value with one girl or the other if you choose them. But let's talk about the most important thing. What? When you start the game, it gives you the winners don't lose use drugs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was... um. That was cool. It takes place in the year 20XX. Yes, 20XX. Thank you, Mega Man. And yeah, there's like a, an esports girl that's like super famous for playing a specific machine. And then there's a guy who's like from Britain and he's a he's a score chaser. My favorite part is the score the 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 machine that he's chasing the score on is called Moopy's Magical Maze. What is that a parody of? I have no idea. Okay, cool. I just Man, this is awesome a visual name. novel. Yep. There's a lot of clicking. All right. And then we got in the car, loser. Oh, my gosh. A digital lady came out of my phone. Get in the car, loser. Oh, okay. I don't have that one. Yeah, I've got a, I've got the sword of fate, and there's an ancient evil that needs to be sealed away. Get in the car, loser. That's um, a I don't have. Sorry. It's not yeah, out. no, it's not out yet. But it feels so good. It's great because they've, like, totally stepped uh, it up. It looked really repetitive to me. But um, But they've I wasn't stepped up it, the so. demo a lot since okay. since last year. So, like, um, there's more depth of the fighting. So, last year, it was sort of like everybody had the same attacks. Mm -hmm. um, this year, um, they've really defined the roles of the three characters. So, um, Val is the tank, and he can actually taunt enemies now. Couldn't do that last year. Um, and then Grace is, like, a flex... No, Grace is the attack character. Um, she has the Sword of Fate. So, she, like, and it's cool. It's done. It, uh, it automatically so breaks So, you don't enemies. have the Sword of Fate? Nope. Well, Grace does. Aren't you the main character? Why don't you have the sword? You're of Sam. Yeah. Sam's a support character. You're a support character, and you're the main character. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Why not? <laughs> well, this, weird. this game is about subverting expectations. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, there's this sort of interesting combat system where you have multiple um, pages of attack. So. Um, you know, and you set up these attacks in any order that you want. So if you want Val to have like two taunts and then an attack, or if you want taunt, attack, taunt. So um, what you do is you can set off your attacks. And then if you want to, you can flip the page. You don't have to, but it's like attack, 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 flip the page, attack, 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 flip the page. But there are advantages and disadvantages to flipping the page. So, so for example, um, I only had a heal on one of my three pages that I was flipping through. So if I flipped away from that heel, I wouldn't be able to use it until I managed to flip back to that first page. It makes it's sense really when you're weird. doing it. Yeah. it. It really does make sense when you're playing it, mm -hmm. it, but it's one of those things that are challenging to explain. Um, and so you're on a, uh, 
2000 kilometer road trip where at the end you're going to face off against the machine devil who has been sealed away for a thousand years. Now he's back. So is this a roguelike? It's a roguelike with dating elements. Okay. So yeah, there are three lanes on the road and you change lanes based on which fight that you want to take. Um, and then you have a finite amount of gas. So you have to refuel your car um, and then you have to balance your budget between refueling the car and buying new trinkets. Um, trinkets are how you attack, and you always get 10 trinkets. They're a totally randomized pool. It's kind of gotcha-ish. Um, and then you figure out what trinkets that you want to use and feed other trinkets into it to level it up. It's got a lot of systems, and they all make sense together once you've played it. It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then, uh, what else did I play? Oh, um, we played Aeon's End. So you and I both played this. So Aeon's End is like a board game where, um, it's, uh, what's that other game? Dominion. So it's a deck builder. Uh, yeah, it's a deck builder. So you put down crystals and then you use those crystals to either buy additional cards for your deck or to cast spells. And you don't shuffle your deck when you flip it over. So the, the, the order that you discard your cards once you've used them is super important. And then you're playing as one of 10 mages. Um, so you can have up to one to four people in your party. And then there are four nemeses, like super bosses. So I don't know if people played like the WoW card game where it was like Anixia was the raid encounter. It plays like that. So this is a oh. real... Um... A physical game and they've made a digital version of it it's so. really thick so yeah. it's hard to describe yeah. there's so many details i'm honestly not even you gonna play and this. then the depth and the one we were playing you were playing as two characters at the same time yeah and it's so it's a co-op one and but you can play it single player if you want in the digital version very easily and uh, there's portals you open and cl- oh it's so confusing there's there are many elements and it's all about it's hard to win, so you'll feel very good if you do win and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then I went over and played Stranded Sails. Um, I didn't realize that this was going to be like a Harvest Moon-ish game. So okay. you're um, a crew that's been shipwrecked on a mysterious island, and you have this home base um, that you're building up. It's kind of like Lost in Blue, which I love that series. Um, where you're like collecting resources out in the world and that's everything from like wood and stone to seeds and other things. Um, and then there's like a bajillion um, mini games to do stuff. Um, and so it's all, all of this is based off of an energy meter that you have. And so your energy meter is both your hit points and the stuff that you can do and running or walking both drain your energy meter and so does getting attacked so you have to kind of like balance what you're doing versus what you want to do when you're out exploring um if you pass out there's no penalty it just puts you back at the base which if you're doing like a really long exploration is like oh no, so it's freaking harvest moon huh so it's harvest moon right with i guess is it, this is more like uh, the 3D Harvest Moon where you collect stuff in Minecraft, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, most of the things that you do have some kind of mini game attached to them. So when you're fishing, um, it's sort of like Fire Emblem where you're waiting for the two rings to meet. And oh, boy. 
Mm. And then crafting is like a fill in the blank sort of game. So you have like um, shadows of things that you need and you have to figure out what those shadows are and then fill in the spots. Um, and then um, I think the most interesting mini game that I played was cooking where it's like mastermind where it's like you have two to four slots and you put stuff in it and it will either, either tell you right spot, right ingredient, right ingredient, wrong spot or totally wrong ingredient. So I like had to shuffle stuff in until it was like, aha, you put tomatoes and onions. No, you wait, you got, you put onions with tomatoes and then it made soup. So that was really interesting. Um, the one thing that I didn't like about the game is it's like, it's clearly trying to be rune factory in, in form and function, but the combat is weak. Which game? I'm sorry. I Stranded Tales. Strand oh, we're still on Stranded Tales. Yes. Okay. My YouTube went on to some other game called Kinsey, and I got really confused and just forget <laughs> K -Y -N? that. K-Y-N? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've heard of this. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. There's all these like Rune Factory-esque games. It, everyone's going after Stardew, Anna. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's coming out soon. Uh, uh, next month, uh, actually. All right. What's after Stranded Sales? Uh, Spark Light. Spark what? Spark Light. How do I... S okay. Spark L-I-T-E. Yeah. All right. It's like a 2D Zelda game. It feels so good. Another Zelda-like. Yeah, but this is like a better Zelda-like. Well, okay, but your 2D Zelda doesn't mean much because there was the 2D Zelda that was like Zelda 2, and that's also 2D, and you didn't it's, call that 2D. Um, this is top-down This is normal Zelda-looking. Yeah, this yeah. is like Link Between Worlds and Link to the Past. Oh, look at those screen transitions. Except it's procedurally generated. Oh, so, um, what Zelda probably would have been like if they could do it. <laughs> yeah. So the idea is, is it's sort of like Cadence of Hyrule-ish, um, except every time you die, the world shuffles itself. So no idea why that's happening, but it's happening. There are gears with chains on them. Yeah, the there's all sorts of crazy stuff. Is this world stuff being held up by something? Yeah, kind of. So uh, you're probably looking at... And um, is the earth really flat? Is that what we're no, learning? No, no, no. You're probably looking at, um, well, damn, the refuge which is sort of like a flying island base thing that has like big propellers and big gears. So that's your home base. So you can return there anytime you want. And when you die, you return there. And so you have Sparklight. It's not only the name of the game, but it's also the um, stuff that you gather. That's like your, your general resource. Mm -hmm. And so you have to kind of balance between upgrading yourself and then upgrading the refuge. Did I say that right? Yeah, refuge. Sure. So it's sort of interesting. It's like, do I upgrade myself or do I upgrade the refuge, which will give me access to new stuff and cool things. Um, basically, so what happens what you're when doing, you die? You go back to the refuge. And then do you lose stuff? Nope. But the oh, world reshuffles okay. itself. You know. Yeah. So it's like you're not really getting punished. You're getting punished by losing information, which is fine because you can just reacquire it. The cool thing about this game is it has like little Breath of the Wild style mini dungeons and once you when you enter a mini dungeon you're given some sort of tool um very similar to zelda and then once you've used that tool to conquer the dungeon you get the blueprint for that tool and then you can go back to the refuge and create it for yourself and then you can like customize it and stuff it's really neat i'm looking forward to this it's supposed to be coming out fall 2019 which is you know now so I'm hoping that we'll hear about it more. I've talked for an hour and I'm very tired. Someone else talk, please. Did, did you finish? Yes. Is that everything? Yes. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Congratulations. 
That's a lot of games. That's a lot of. That was many games. Yeah, that that was a lot of games. That was a lot of games. Oh my gosh, Anna. Um, Chris, I'm surprised you haven't heard of Kinseed. I'm really loving it. Because <laughs> I'm not actually into Harvest Moon games for the most part, so I don't follow that. I, oh, I, my interest is driven by Anna's career. Do you enjoy being wrong? Yes, oh. <laughs> I do. I take great pleasure in it, apparently, because I do it so often. So, I'm just what are we talking about? Right. Oh, I just got another round guard beta. That's another one you played. You talked about Crown Trick, right, Anna? Okay, jeez. So, um, I was at PAX. I'm not going to do like Anna did. That was a lot of things. I bought some merchandise. Like, I bought Anna some Persona 5 swag. That's like what I did at PAX because, you know. So many pens. No, I bought you one pen. <laughs> yeah, but we brought so many pens. You left them all in the suitcase. They weren't all dead. You just didn't, you couldn't find them because you packed them poorly. Anna, you need to be a little bit more organized. Did you talk about Children of Morta? You didn't play Children of Morta. Guys, I have news for you. Children of Morta is out, and I tried it this week, and oh my gosh, it's really good. You shall get Children of Morta. Do you like Diablo games? Yes. Yeah, you should get Children of Morta. It's like, what if we had... Um, oh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like Diablo, but telling a story about a family and how they help each other, and like... But it's procedural and st- I, it's weird. Um, it's it's Diablo with a na- strong narrative and a narrator, and you have different characters you have to play. <laughs> you have different characters you have to play um, because different family members and they're all helping out. And so um, you, uh, it's it's really cool. And uh, it finally came out. We probably saw. I think we talked about it at PAX last year um, when it was still in development. And this year it was also being shown, but since it was so close to being out, we were like, well, it's almost out. We'll just let someone review it. Um, but uh, now it is out, out, and I highly recommend you go ahead and try it um, based on what I've tried. And uh, the reviews are coming in pretty good, too. So try out Children of Morta. That's what I'll say about that. The other thing I've been playing this week, um, well, actually, I dipped my toe into a lot of indie games. So let me give you some reviews. Uh, reviews, excuse me, reviews. Uh, Allurus is a... Uh, do you know Reigns, the card game where you're swiping left or right to make choices? No. No? R-E-I-G-N-S? Okay. Uh, I, I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, think Tinder plus um, an RPG, and you've got you've got Alluris. So it's swipe, wipe, or swipe, swipe right or swipe left to make your choices, and then um, you get like new equipment or stat boosts or bonuses and uh, you're working on a quest to go defeat the big evil. Um, the, all that's out right now is a demo. Check it out. I, I really liked it. Uh, the demo, I don't think you can beat. At least I tried many times and wasn't able to. So hmm. uh, I tried Wonderlust, which is a, a narrative adventure game. A v- read visual novel with some interesting... Um, uh, polish on it and the interface on it where you are a traveler in Thailand. Well, you get, there's different stories, but the one in the demo I tried, you're in Thailand, you're visiting, you're trying to find yourself and you kind of get to, uh, do that journey by choosing, am I going to go down the street to this stall? Uh, do I meet people as I check into the hotel? Which hotel do I want to stay at? And then as you have conversations with people, you get to choose like, um, answers in your replies that kind of define who your character is and stuff. 
So you get to you get to kind of uh, define your character's story and their journey based on your answers and what they choose to do, and it's all about very detailed, like what you would go through if you were traveling into a foreign land, and it felt very authentic. Um, it was also really slow and boring for me because I just wanted to go kill some stuff, and that's not the game for that. Uh, other one I tried, ELO Hell, ELO Hell. This is uh, ELO is uh, your ranking system in a MOBA. So this is a game about being in a MOBA. It's also a visual novel, not being in a MOBA. It's playing a MOBA being in a visual novel and also mini games and how do all the things work together as you go through your summer and and kind of grow up and be a teenager for a summer and how are you going to find yourself and do you get to date this lady and are you ever going to get out of bronze league on your MOBA that you're playing uh, wasn't really appealing to me because MOBA, 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 and I have no interest in MOBAs. Um, Sunless Sea, I just tried because that was not at PAX at all, so I think I'll just skip past that. That's very narrative, and Alex, you like that game a lot, right? Hasn't Sunless Sea's been oh, I've out never played for a while? It. Oh, you've never played it? Oh, I'm sorry. Anna I... told me you like that game. I'm sorry. She was wrong. Somebody on our site likes Sunless Sea. Yeah, Sunless I, Sea's been out was, for... It was me, damn it. Okay, okay, Alice. Um, but... The, yeah, their sequels out. That's what they were showing at PAX. Is um, uh, what's it called? Sunless, sunless skies. Sunless skies. Yep. Yeah. Um, and but it's kind of like the same game but different settings. So I was like, well, I'll try the first one because I have that. And I tried it. I'm like, wow, I could see getting into this. And this is really dark and really interesting. But it also looks really hard um, to actually have a playthrough that I'd be satisfied with. So I don't know how that goes. Um, but uh, that looked very intriguing. But I didn't stick with it. Um, Alice, you can plug it later if you want, but <laughs> or now. No, <laughs> okay. Do you like it? What sunless skies? Sunless sea, or skies? Oh no, either. Sea seas is uh, interesting. Okay, is skies better? Uh, I haven't played it. Oh, it's not out yet, right? Okay, so seas. No, is no it's on. Oh no, sunless skies is on early access. It's just okay. difficult to play a, a very narrative-driven early access game. Fair well, I think enough. It's fully yeah. out now. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh came shit. Out at, it started really? here, I think. Oh, yeah. okay. I actually didn't know that. It's probably pre- you've been busy. So let's see. Um, I tried. Whew, uh Trials of Fire, which is another kind of deck building game. Uh, yeah, it's a deck building game where you control a party of three people. Uh, this is in the demo. They, there's more characters you can unlock later, and you're moving around on a on a map, and then you get into battles with people, and your your deck comes up with three cards each turn, and you can throw away cards to charge up mana you can use cards to execute attacks and it's hexagonal grid system so your positioning matters you've got range attacks magic attacks one and and all this stuff works together and as you level up you choose new cards and swap out old cards in your deck and you can buy equipment that adds new cards to your deck so it's very much tech building but tactical um very interesting uh i'm kind of into it i don't know i think it it's got some work to still go it's in early access right so you could try that um and do, 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 do. I haven't tried those yet. Uh, did I try any of those? Okay, yeah, that kind of catches me up on what I tried for the little ones. And then Elsinore is the one that's took. Uh, so I was going down this list trying all these indie games that I could pick up that were available at PAX because I didn't play them at PAX because I was tired at PAX. But now I'm home and I have more energy, so I was trying them here. And I got to Elsinore, which I heard overheard at PAX is um, what if in Hamlet you play as Ophelia? And she wakes up um, every day, and it's the same day over again. And uh, basically, it's Groundhog Day plus Hamlet, and your goal is to avoid the tragedy at the end of Hamlet. 
So that's what I've been playing for days now, and it's amazing, and I'm so totally addicted to it. And you get to control Ophelia, and since you know that you know if you die or things go bad, you're just going to start over, you get to explore all these interesting ideas if you socially manipulate people and kind of see what happens. So like, what happens if the queen dies early, and how do people react to that? What happens if... Uh, I get people really mad at Hamlet really early on. What? How does that go? What if I form a relationship with the barkeeper? What if I go on the ship with Hamlet to England and um, make out with the captain and stuff like that? So uh, it's really cool. <laughs> and all the narrative options are interesting and they've got cool, insightful things about Ophelia becoming into her own and taking control of her fate rather than just being a pawn at the whim of nobles. And it's and it's really cool, and there's lots of puzzle elements to kind of figure out, like, how do I figure out how to get past this obstacle? I keep getting stabbed by this person. Who is it? How do I figure out who they are? Is there a spy? How do I uncover them? How do I prevent them from hurting me? And, and stuff like that. And then there are some elements that once you... Um, overcome they'll be edited so you don't have to deal with that annoyance in the future so it's not like completely annoying i have to do all these things so i don't die on this day um mm-hmm. like those sorts of things will be taken out of your way so you can focus on the other paths that you want to explore so it, they're very thoughtful about how they've structured this game to uh keep you moving forward and keep you having interesting things to explore and even the little paths that seem like well that can't be interesting to follow why would i learn that why would i want to go down that path you go down and you're like oh oh, I found out something really important about this character, and I understand more about them. And I didn't think I would get that, and it came out of nowhere. And it's all—it's always like something happens and your mouth is open, like, oh, oh. All right. And um, there's this, this, you know, play it. It's good. Um, and I will leave that at that. Did I play anything else that was important? No. So who else has got to talk? Alice, you haven't been on in forever. What have you been playing? Hey. I have been playing a fair bit, but I should probably like focus on a fairly small number of things. Otherwise, we will be here longer than Anna is, was talking about packs. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, have I actually been on since Shadowbringers came out? I don't think so, but maybe. Okay, so I'm sure other the other Final Fantasy. I don't think 14, so. No. Uh, I'm sure the other Final Fantasy 14 players have already uh, said most of the things that can be said about that expansion you know it's, it's basically really good well it's it's the best final fantasy 14 expansion and probably one of the best modern final fantasy stories period yeah i like it, it is... a lot i'm i'm stuck on this stupid fight between shang sun and uh and and this and and uh Thancred, but other than that it's really good oh it's so good you've not even got to the best part then i know and no. that's that's kind of the dumb part yeah, i just need to get so back good. into it and i just haven't gotten back into it <laughs> yeah you're you're you really need to do so i know uh, i know i need to even get to that point so that i can buy the expansion i'm still stuck in Stormblood. yep oh i'm sorry <laughs> hey, hey, at least you got through Heaven's Word. Wasn't that fun? Remember oh, yeah, Heaven's, Heaven's Word? Was... Didn't you enjoy that? Yeah, that was an amazing <laughs> Just keep story. thinking about that. <laughs> You'll get through hey, Stormblood. No, Chris, Chris, Stormblood was good. Not as good as Heaven's Word. <laughs> I, I am liking the Eastern uh, Eastern feel of um, Stormblood. Every time Doma's theme comes on, you're like, oh, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, Stormblood gets good after you Head east, but yeah, the yeah. start is a bit slow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just 
uh, get to Shadowbringers, play through Shadowbringers. It's amazing. You know, I'm sure it's been talked to death already. Um, what else have I done? Uh, I did get Super Robot Wars T, um, the one that's been released in English on the Switch. Uh, of course, I have now been bitten in the ass slightly because they've done the same thing that the Tales games did to me a few years ago, and they're now going to release Super Robot Wars games on PC. Like, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, well, things like um, that have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the first of the three international internationally released ones is coming out i think at the start of next month is there a reason you want them on pc more than anything else um well i kind of want to replay v but don't want to dig my uh ps4 out because mm -hmm. i i it, i mean i don't even think it's hooked up at the moment your ps4 isn't hooked up wow no okay. i because i haven't really had any well, then what are you playing play t on switch oh I just said. switch 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 all right yeah, I, I've kind of like moved over to the Switch because it's a lot easier to just, you know, cart off to the bedroom and play in bed. But aren't these like really bad translations for like no, South Asia? Only, no, only the uh, only the original Moon Dwellers translation was kind of bad. They really stepped it up for okay. uh, V, uh, I think it's V, X and T. I follow okay. the leader. I follow the the translation lead on Twitter. She's a very nice person. Oh, all right. She's actually, a, a, from what I remember, she's a really, like, old... Um, I remember reading her a translation of four-panel comics, like, ten years ago. So she's been translating Super Robot Wars-related stuff, like, for ages before getting a job with officially doing it. So, uh, Christine Rose is her name. Cool. Um, and she does very good work, so... And yeah, do those a game like this all by herself, though, that's got to be a no, no. She, 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 oh. she does, she does head up a team, but uh... she is the translation. And she is the lead, and they've been improving their process. It sounds like so. That's great. Yeah. Um, so the other games I've been playing uh, is the 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 duo of hospital games. Uh, I actually yeah. ended up in. I didn't know I there was a t a second type of game in that vein out now. So uh, they actually came out, or Project Hospital actually came out in uh on early access around the same time two point hospital did and I, I know i've talked about two point hospital on the cast before um so i actually recently ended up in uh a and e uh, in the uk for unspecified reasons and i don't know i just kind of like what's eh, a and e accident and emergencies the oh, English version of ER. okay. all right cool um and uh so two point hospital i know i've brought up before is like what if theme hospital was made by basically the same developers but in 2018 mm -hmm. uh project hospital is an early access title which is it's 100 percent serious so instead of goofy illnesses and cartoonish graphics it you know it, you're building an actual hospital that treats actual problems um oh dear yeah so it's a little bit more uh kind of a little bit more serious and they're, they're sort of multiple departments um the yeah, patients can present with all kinds of things they will literally collapse in the lobby and have to be carted off to uh the er um it's yeah uh but it is pretty fun it's just um there's a lot of 
finicky little one-tile objects that a lot of rooms need, like various examination equipment and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not very good at building those rooms myself, uh, but there is like a, a copy template tool, and uh, the game does, uh, it, as it is in early access, does come with um, some like pre-made hospitals. Um, so you can kind of see how the devs have built build a hospital, and you can sort of crib off them. Cool. Uh, I'm watching someone so, build a bathroom right now. It's like, oh yeah. man, you got to think about everything. Where do the hand dryers go? Where are the sinks? Where's yeah, the trash it, it, can? it's like <laughs> if if you want like an in more in depth like hospital simulator, then Project Hospital will do you better than Two Point Hospital. It's more like a architectural simulator. Yeah. <laughs> And now you know why most hospitals are like cavernous mazes. Yeah. So, wow. uh, and yeah, I've played probably a ton of other stuff, but I haven't like been on a cast in like three or four months. So, you know, I, I will perhaps talk about, um, I don't know, another set of games that I've been playing next next time I'm on. Cool beans. Thank you, Alice. No problem. All right, Alex, what have you been up to? Sorry, just finishing my mouth with food. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> We've been going so long, it's probably dinner time. Yep. For everybody. Uh, uh, so I think the main thing I played last week was Itawav Berumano Zan, which is the upcoming Musu spin-off. We didn't have the option to play that, did we, Anna? Hmm? We didn't have the option to play that, did we? What? Udurari Ramono, the... Muso spinoff. Oh, yeah, yeah. She had both of them there. We just didn't have time for them. Oh, okay. So how's that going, Alex? <laughs> oh, I finished it. Oh, okay. Any yeah, good? It's... Eh. Eh? Eh. Stick to the uh, yeah. the Musos based on Nintendo properties? <laughs> well, I think, I think stick to the Musos created by the Musu company. Oh, okay. Because this one is... Yeah, this one is developed by Tamsoft, which... I think the other main games it does are the Senran Kagura series. Oh, so does anyone's like clothing fly off in this game? No, it oh, also okay. I think it's also done a few of the Neptunia spin-offs as well. So I think it did the it did the Neptunia Musu spin-off. Ah, but yeah, there's there's a few issues with the game. One of the fact is one is that it's basically only a spin-off of Mask of Deception. So it only covers the first game of the duology, uh-huh. which means it actually sort of misses out on the best half of it. Mm. There's also is it also sort of massively chops down the events, which is sort of necessary just because Mask of Deception didn't actually have that many battles compared to Mask of Truth. Mm-hmm. So you've only actually in the story mode you've only got I think 16 chapters and. Plus about five or six of those are just purely a story event. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it makes sense to actually chop down Mask of Deception a bit because there's a lot of scenes that you can just completely ignore. And it, yeah, I would recommend that anyone playing it does make use of the skip button if they feel like it's... <laughs> Some events are just pointless. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So, so, so basically, yeah, you're missing out on all a lot of the characterizations, any of the. This sounds like a pass. Nuances behind the story. Yeah, probably. It's hard to recommend for 
new players because it skips too much and it doesn't add add anything for fans of the duology. So, yeah. Right. I mean, part, part of that is the gameplay is a bit mediocre as well. It doesn't really have that the weight the um, Omega Force Rooster games have behind them. Sure. So yeah, this is it's a lot of small things behind it that just don't really work as well together as the Dynasty Warriors games. And it it does have nice music at least, but I think that's a lot of it because it's remixing some of the tracks from the, the visual novels, and that music was pretty cool. So yeah, it's an alright if you want to just punch a few things as one of the char- as one of the characters, but aside from that, it's not too much to get excited over. Mm-hmm. So how? Let's talk about other games. Perhaps ones developed by Platinum Games. Yeah. Yeah. So I have been playing Astral Chain. I'm not that far into it. I think I'm possibly about five or six hours. But yeah, it's fun. It's that... really, it's really nice as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Come on, what 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 is it like? What how does this play? This is just another action beat 'em up from Platinum. Is this Metal Gear Revengeance again? Like what is not, this? Not really. It it controls rather strange because you're basically controlling your character and you're also controlling their um can't remember what it's called, but their sort of their Pokemon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go with that. Their chain yeah, spirit so, thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think you've got the left the left stick moves the player around and to move the other thing around you um hold the left yeah, L L R and use the right stick. But the idea is you're supposed to use that to sort of send send it towards enemies and also sort of wrap the chain that connects the two of you between between them. So yeah, if you if you sort of circle around them then it will try and hold it in place for a bit. If you loop it around multiple enemies you can do a special attack where your character sort of just bounces bounces off all those enemies that it's connected to so it's but it does yeah it does take a little bit of getting used to the control system because it's definitely counter to counter to regular action action games but it works really nicely when you do get used to it it does have it does fortunately have some settings where you can set it to basically automatically Move around the Pokemon. I'm going to find out the name for that because that's not me. <laughs> Nintendo is screaming at their IP usage right now. <laughs> well, I'm talking about it nicely. So, Legion. That's what it's Legion. called. Legion. All right. You're Legion. Legion. All right. So you yeah, trip them up, yeah. you wrap them up, you attack them, and then is the story any good? Is there stuff to do um, between battles? You know. Like- I'm having this kind of like weird flashback to some uh, a very like that reminds me of a very similar game that was fantasy based done by Capcom like back in the GameCube era, or did I hallucinate that one? Piano uh, Three? No, no, it was like um, God Hand. No, it was Chaos. It was actually called Chaos Legion. Chaos Legion. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think that your controllable pet in that game was was called a Legion as well, and for some reason it just kind of reminded me of that. 
looks like yeah, a it PS2 seems like game. It. Wow. Yeah. Is it sad that the frame rate's higher on the PS2 yeah. game? <laughs> well, I haven't noticed that it being bad on Switch, but I play on handheld mode, so... Yeah. Well, I think they yeah. went for a locked 30 on Switch, so... Oh, yeah. It is what it is. I mean, it, it makes sense, because it's quite nice. It, yeah. The visuals are pretty striking as well, because it's basically a combination of blue and red. They've basically got the red signifies all like the enemies and the extraterrestrial sort of otherworldly force that's actually causing all the issues in, in the world where like humanity is supposed to be on the brink of extinction because of all these invading instrumental things they call chimeras mm-hmm. and so all the bl- all the blue colors are sort of based on your character and the police force that you're part of Ooh, and it looks like but, all yeah. the all the legions have a little sphere grid you can use to level them up uh, yeah, I've done a small bit of that. I've not really been able to look at that because I only okay. just un- only recently unlocked that because I'm only a few chapters in. But no, so far the storyline is interesting. So you've got the player character where you choose to be either the male or female version of a set of twins. And it basically seems like when you, you pick your character and you basically sort of become a semi, semi-mute protagonist, so your twin sort of takes over sort of becomes a more involved supporting character in the story. So there's less, less Whoever you don't you. pick is the one who wears the dog costume? No, I think... Oh, okay. uh, no, that's a different... I think you wear the dog costume at some point. Oh, okay. As one side quest, but no, that's a different That's a different. <laughs> that's the whole thing I keep hearing about on Twitter. It's a stupid dog costume. <laughs> uh, the dog costume sort of is one of your introductions to like all the police force uh, HQs. They point you around the thing. All right. But yeah, that one's quite amusing. So they just pop up randomly and then run off afterwards. But no, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun so far. I need to see how the story progresses because it goes into weird places quite early on. Mm. And yeah, I've got no idea what's actually happening. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, how I feel when I watch the trailers. What's up? The do? chain itself can actually be used as like part of your strategy. It's not just a you know, visual tether to your. Uh, yeah, yeah. As I said, you actually design. You want to actually get the legion to run around the opponent and sort of make it so the chain goes around them completely, and then it will hold it and hold the enemy in place for a brief period where you can attack them. It sounds like it's fun. a very and important you, yeah. part of the battle system. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can, yeah, you can you can also do it where if an enemy is charging to a certain area, you can set it up so you're on one side where it's charging to, and where the Legions on the other side, and then it will just run into the chain and do a special counterattack. Sorts of things. You can also use it on some of the more platforming sections, so that you can send the legion, which the legion can fight, so you can send that towards another ledge, and then have it just yank you towards it. So you can go a few bits. Feels like also, a missed opportunity yeah. to be co-op. Um. Possibly. There's, there's a few um, systems around it, so you, if you have it out for too long, you can you can summon it and de-summon it, so if you have it out for too long, it actually causes some issues where it go it can go berserk, mm. and things like that, so. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the other bits. Yeah, there are a few sort of police-style side quests where you're actually going around collecting information. 
or having to chase down a thief or something like that. So those those are fun. They help help break up the actual combat stuff quite nicely. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of those. I'm still confused how this game ended up on Switch. Yeah. Well, I think Nintendo just basically said, yeah, we'll, f- we'll fund that game, which is it's sort of seems like it's semi-based on um, Scalebound, which is the idea, oh. where they had the player character and the dragon, so the one that they cancelled for Xbox One. Now I forget, does this have, like... Is this just platinum? Does this have like the writer from the Xeno Saga games involved and stuff? Or no, I think it's I just confused? platinum. Okay, I think it's just platinum. I think it's a f- quite a few of the people who did worked on uh, Near Automata. Oh, okay. <laughs> but not the director. <laughs> not 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 Yoko Taro, no. All right. And then, how's your uh, Fire Emblem run going, Alex? You finished up? I finished it. Okay, good for you. I finished the first playthrough. Yeah. One of four and then for now. Got, yeah. <laughs> Until the and then got inevitable to fifth one. one comes out. Yeah. Yeah, I, fin- I finished the Black Eagles campaign and I started one for Golden Deer. Uh, which Black Eagles campaign? Actual Black Eagles. That's not an answer, but all right, cool. Oh, it is. <laughs> the Crimson <laughs> or the Silver? Cr- Crimson. Guess. Crimson, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Because the yeah. silver is very different. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I can see there's there's a slight issue about it not getting this full story from the single playthrough. It's which... very clear they want you to be really confused even through all four, and I think the DLC is going to come out and like answer a bunch of questions. So yeah, possibly, <sighs> I think yeah, I think it's just the Crimson Sword just ends a bit strangely. Yeah, well. <laughs> it does. With quite a few unanswered bits behind it, so that's why. <laughs> I don't know how, how that applies for the other ones, but that one's a bit weird at the end. Well, the whole those no. who slither in the dark thing, they show up yeah. in the other stories, and they don't show up in that one, really. So, yeah. You'll get uh, my My Black Lions playthrough ended pretty weirdly, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But we'll see. It's, always a, it's really fun, though, so I can't complain about playing it more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just get through two or three playthroughs, then we'll see how you're feeling. <laughs> well, I'll probably, I'll probably end up moving on at some point during this playthrough just because of September being stupid. Oh, September. Oh, my gosh. All right, speaking of things that are going on stupid long, uh, Kelly, what have you been playing? Um, Just one game, and that is a metric-ass ton of Dragon Quest Builders 2. Oh, so that game's going on forever for you. That's okay. Yeah, you like it. <laughs> it. It is so much fun. Um, I'm on the third island right now, and the thing I love about this game that Anna pointed out is that each of the islands that you play through are vastly different from each other. So the first one kind of focuses a lot on the farming, and then the second one focuses a lot on the mining, and then this one has been about um, combat and building defenses. And I, I imagine that the last island, or like the kind of final island that you do, is going to be a culmination of all three. I, I don't know yet, because uh, I kind of avoided spoilers, but that's my guess. And Anna probably knows better. Have you gone to jail yet? Yes, yes, okay. I got, went to jail. I couldn't remember when that happens. The great escape? Yes. Anna, you're not uh, talking to your microphone. 
<laughs> I was, and then I moved it away because okay. I was done talking. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, that that whole jail sequence, I was kind of frustrated at first because I was like, when am I going to get back to the building? But then how that whole sequence plays out is just amazing and fun, and I loved it. Sweet. You really do you really do feel like you're part of the great escape. All right. Uh not to cut you off, but we're running super long, so I want to touch no. to talk to Peter a little. Uh That's you've cool. been playing more Fire Emblem. Two Fire Emblems. I know. How do you I do that? you know, I I don't. So wait, wait, I put... wait, I don't know what F E E is. What's F E E? Echoes. Echoes. Sorry. Of Valencia. Shadow of Valencia. Vent- how... Or Valencia. Yeah. How do you do both no? <clears throat> So That's I don't. Too much. I I put three houses on hold for now um, <laughs> because I actually borrowed Echoes from a friend at work and I didn't want to hang on to it for too long. Mm. Um, and I I won't talk too much because it's I mean it's a lot of if you played Fire Emblem it's a lot of the same. There are a few. Oh yeah, we don't need to talk um, much. I just want to understand why you're playing two at once. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just everybody's told me that Echoes is a really good part of the franchise and that I should play it. So. He mentioned that he had it and would lend it to me, and so I started playing it. Um, I do enjoy the the dungeon crawling aspect of it. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, and weapons not having durability is like such a breath of relief. Um, I think it makes the game almost a little too easy, but they I feel like they counterbalance it because these battles are wicked hard. Yeah, um, they are. You know, I'm playing on normal classic. Um, and I've been uh, just kind of putzing around, and and I noticed that even in some of the you know pop up battles that come up, you could easily lose characters if you're not paying attention. So three houses um, is easier for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, I'm trying to get through that. Um, but the one I really wanted to talk about because for some reason on Google Play it's got like an um, average review um, or average cumulative review is Pokemon Masters. What is the average um, cumulative review? I think it's like a 3.4. 3.4. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know why I it's so much lower than all the other Pokemon games. Um, I've seen people say that it was like a bait and switch. Uh, people say that they didn't give us what they promised, which I don't know. What about did they promise? Else. I don't remember That's them what I was promising. Say. I don't remember hearing anything <laughs> about it. It was more like, hey, we're making this game. It'll be out soon. And then that was it. And it's going to be a gotcha. Um, so enjoy. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that stuff's not <laughs> pretty uncommon. obvious to me. <laughs> yeah. It's not uncommon to have a gotcha style game in, in today's market. It makes the most sense. It's economically um, profitable for the people who make it if the game is good. Um, but I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, I, I thought the, the take of, of collecting the trainers with their signature Pokemon as opposed to just collecting Pokemon, is kind of refreshing. So, like, um, how does this game work for someone who hasn't really played much of it beyond, sure. like, five so minutes, which is where it's, I'm at? It's <laughs> um, three-on-three battles, um, and you you pick your trainers out. Uh, they kind of limited the way the weaknesses and resistances work now. Um, so every Pokemon only has one type instead of dual types, okay. and that type is weak to whatever it is that... I think it's their primaries is what they considered for everything. Um, but you, you know, they have like a story mode that you go through. They have your typical like grindy power up, you know, type missions to go through. Um, but it feels a lot like a standard 
Pokemon Adventure without all of the travel. It's just like you go from, you know, main point to main point. Um, the story itself is actually not that bad. Uh, it feels very Pokemon-esque and not like it was developed by somebody else. Um, I, I just think they did a, a good job with it. And uh, visually, I think it's beautiful, too. Um, you said you played only about five minutes in? Yeah, I haven't played <clears throat> much at all. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I typically, when these games come out, I try and get into them really early, really fast, because there's a lot of, like, we just launch campaigns that give you a bunch of free currency. Mm-hmm. Um, when I play a free game, I tend to, uh, Pokemon Go aside, I tend not to put any money into them. I try and earn all of my resources through the free options that they have there. Um, my stipulation is that if they, if I play a game for longer than a week, which I typically, uh, I have with this game rather, um, then I'll, I'll make a purchase to kind of support the development and say, Hey, good job guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, outside of, you know, one purchase, I've only, I haven't spent any other money and I've been able to do, I think three or four draws on my own. Um, they're running a blue event now, so you can, uh, possibly get the chance of getting blue on your team with his uh, Pidgeot. And uh, yeah, they they do um, some evolutions, but it's definitely not the focus. There's just a few Pokemon that can evolve. Uh, most of them come with their trainers uh, already evolved and ready to go. And, um, you know, they level up. Somebody actually, I think I remember reading, somebody said that it's not the Pokemon that level up, it's the trainers. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, not really. Uh, it's still the Pokemon leveling up. Uh, you know, it's not the trainers that are fighting. But yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I think it's a, a lot of fun. I I play it every day, um, at least for a couple of hours. And if there's one thing we I'm, know from the anime, Peter, it's that the trainers never learn anything. They don't. Yep. They don't. They're still as clueless. If I had any um, gripes about the game, uh, it's that I think the main character customization is a little lacking and the fact that your main character has to start with a Pikachu. Um, other than that though, I, I still think it's a really solid game. Even in the mainline games, I think the main character customization sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, um, sword and shield, not to diverge too much is going to have a lot more of that, but, mm-hmm. uh, Boy, yeah, this. I mean, Oh, good. Uh, news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Jumping ahead for you guys. But anyways, yeah, I don't want to keep this too long, but go play Pokemon Masters. It's good. Oh, there's a Snivy. So I don't collect Pokemon. I collect trainers with Pokemon. Correct. Okay. So if I want a particular Pokemon, there's one trainer out there who has it probably. Mm, Assuming that Pokemon's in the game. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I got really fortunate. Um, I I love dark and ice types, and I think in my first draw, I ended up getting Lorelei and Karen, and I have been running with them ever since. So Lorelei has Lapras, and Karen has Houndoom, which Mega evolves if you use his little special move. Cool. All right. Sorry, you've got me playing yeah, the game he's, now. He's now playing. I'm sitting there like, oh, this is real time. I can't do this. Yeah, I guess that's the it's not one turn-based. caveat. Yeah. Is it, is, it is real-time battles as opposed to... I'm not used um, to that on a phone game. ...turn-based. Um, but the if you are you know busy with something, like I spend 
my entire day at work just grinding out different resources. I'll just throw the auto battle on and let it run through, and it seems to be fairly intelligent with what oh. to do. Neato. All right. Well, let me put that away. We're done with what we've been playing. <laughs> it's time for some feedback. So, question was, what was one of your favorite gaming memories of all time? Not necessarily in a game itself. Uh, Scar wrote in and said, hey, three house... Oh, uh, wait. That's not a... What? Anna, is this old feedback? Or am I no, confused? No, it's all... It's all, all new right. feedback. Well, that's not answering the question of the week. Scar just said three houses. It sounds like fun to play all the houses until you actually start the second or third house. Yeah, that's the way I'm I'm starting to feel, Scar. So thank you. That's a good point. Uh, Shaman says, I only plugged the review of Pantsu Harder. I wouldn't... Pantsu Hunter. I wouldn't touch that with a forklift. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as question of the week, Shaman says, uh, regarding gaming memories... I actually met my current roommate after a Pokemon Black White 2 promotional event. If that counts, I think it counts. Strawberry Egg says, um, Some years ago, I went to the Anime Next convention and did karaoke. Uh, there were these two guys cracking jokes at the table my friend, sister, and I sat at. I went up to sing Hikari, the opening song to the Wii game, Fragile Dreams, Farewell Ruins of the Moon. As I sang, the two of them slow, started slow dancing. I mostly succeeded at not bursting out laughing. Aww. Gamer Esquire says, quick correction, in the Octopath Traveler Prologue demo, progress made during the three hours of playtime carried into the retail release. We need Matt on the podcast to provide a more positive Octopath perspective. Ooh, okay. Uh, Gamer Esquire also says, as a kid, finally saving enough to purchase my SNES and play Seeker to Mana was one of his favorite memories. All right. Uh, Victor says, question of the week, completing the Mage Tower challenges in World of warcraft legion are memories that i treasure not only because they're so not only because so many of them are crazy hard and required hours of learning and practice but also for how much fun it was to share tips and tricks with other people online i missed out on the whole mage tower thing i tried it once and was like nope too hard not gonna do it and sadly they've all been permanently removed with the end of legion ouch yep uh, is anyone else playing an action RPG? Victor goes on to say. For the action RPG August, I'm starting a Legend of Zelda The Skyward Sword. So far, it reminds me a little bit of Breath of the Wild, which is definitely a good thing. Uh, I'm not. Any of you? Well, I think yeah, I mentioned I'll... that. It was um, That's something I have on hold as well. I'm like in the <laughs> middle of that playthrough. <laughs> but I said the same thing uh, when I was playing it pretty actively was that you could see remnants of what Breath of the Wild became from Skyward Sword, sure. like the stamina and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, good luck. Hopefully you get further than I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess Kelly's playing an action RPG with builders, sort of. Yeah, it's it's an action RPG, but August is over. <laughs> oh, it is. All right. Well, screw <laughs> that then. All right. Do we have a new question of the week? No? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> do we want to ask I, people I... their PAX impressions? or? Oh, Kelly, go ahead. No, I was incredibly amused that last week I was talking about people calling me for strategy tips for the Lion King game, and they announced a re-release of the Lion King game the next week. Yeah, no, that was two weeks ago, but yeah. the uh, Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they've re-releasing Aladdin and Lion King. Um, I didn't read enough on that to understand what all versions are coming out. Do they have both the um, Zel- uh, SNES and Genesis version of Aladdin? Um, I think it's just going to be the Genesis version. Wait. They're putting 
a collection of Di- of Aladdin and Lion King out on the Switch and not including the SNES version of Aladdin. That makes no sense to me. Because isn't Aladdin the one that was like good on both systems and there were different games completely? Um, I've heard that. I mean, depending on who you talk to, people say that the SNES version is better. That yeah. The. Uh, the Genesis version is better. I'm personally partial to the Genesis version. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to have both then, right? Here, let's... Yeah. Let's see. Genesis Game Boy and Super Game Boy versions of the game will be included alongside the Lion King as part of the Disney Classics collection. What? 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 Super Game Boy version... <laughs> That's just weird. All right, must be a licensing thing with whoever made the SNES version. Yeah, because it was it was Capcom. Oh, uh, well, did who made the Genesis version then? Um, not Capcom. <laughs> Virgin, I think. Uh, well, 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 at least they're giving us everything they can. It it just, I feel like if you don't get both versions, you don't do this, in my opinion. But whatever. I'm okay with it personally. Just uh, don't call me for advice on blanking. On the log puzzle, right? On the log puzzle, yes. Got it. All right. Um, I guess question of the week ideas. Anybody? Anna? No? There are so many games coming out in September and October. Maybe we should ask people what they're going to be playing. Uh, What's your... your... Pick the How poison are you gonna for sur- September. There are, are more RPGs coming out in September than days in September. We're not even covering them all. That's how many there are. Oh, my gosh. All right. And, let's, and oh. it's bleeding into October. Oh, let's not even talk about October. This <laughs> podcast is bleeding into October, so let's start the news. All right. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. beep, 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 beep. Caravan stories coming to North America in September. What's that about? Does anyone have that open? Anyone have any of these open? I didn't open any of the news. I have a headache. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I have to open all these, so you'll have to wait a second. Caravan Stories. Um, Amine Incorporated has announced a new North American release date for Caravan Stories. It's a free-to-play MMORPG coming on PS4 on September 10th. Uh, who cares? <laughs> it's an MMO. It started as a smartphone game in Japan. PC version in 2018. Chinese version later that year. PS4 version in April of 2019 in japan blah 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 blah. it's english text japanese audio it's an mmo uh enjoy that on september 10th because you have time for that Mm -hmm. romancing saga 3 remaster got a japanese release date finally still no word on the u.s right um we have uh, uh november 11th for ps4 vita switch xbox one pc ios and android in japan yeah we're never gonna get the vita version yeah i don't think we will no and there's a trailer up if you want to see a japanese trailer for it warsaw now um oh excuse me warsaw is now set for an october release warsaw is the game name it's world war ii tactical rpg it's coming out october 2nd this year on steam yeah, we are supposed to be getting the uh, beta release of Romancing Saga. We are? Yeah, they they did announce the beta version at E3. Okay. Alongside all the others. How? All right, whatever. It, it must be really easy to port, because 
listen, listen, you all need to stop because I I have something I need to discuss with you all that I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I, the April Fool's trailer for Yakuza 7 was true. Oh, the turn-based? They put out a trailer on October, or on April 1st, excuse me, saying the next Yakuza game is totally going to be a action RPG. And everyone was amazed at how detailed of effort they went into to make that trailer or that April Fool's video look like they were actually developing that game. Well, that's because they're actually developing that game. This is awesome. Well, per- I, everything perhaps... I saw about that trailer, I said, I wish this was real. And it turns out it is. Maybe they're like, oh, well, this is a good idea. Let's roll with it. <laughs> So you have a new protagonist in Yakuza 7 because um, after Yakuza 6, they said that was the last uh, game for Kiryu. So now you play as Ichiban Kasuga. He's uh, same part of the Arakawa family subsidiary of the Tojo clan. He was in prison. Now he's out of prison. Sounds very Yakuza. Um, story, 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 story. And uh, this one is going to be a turn-based, command-based turn-based command-based combat system and and you'll have a party with like four members using multiple attack recovery and support techniques uh it's taking place in what's called isezaki inchi inchi ichi which is said to be three times the size of kamarocho uh it'll come out in japan and ps4 at some point uh, sometime, I don't know when it's coming out exactly in Japan. It will be coming in the West sometime in 2020, though it's not been officially confirmed. But the way they have like this amazing pipeline for localizing Yakuza games, that probably won't work as efficiently for a new turn-based RPG because that's a whole new like engine setup sort of thing. But uh, yeah, they, they've gotten good at localizing these, so I wouldn't mm. expect it too long of a delay. Oh, and by the it's way... January, it's January okay. 16th in Japan. January 16th. Thank you. So January in Japan, later the next year in uh, in the West, most likely, um, but no official confirmation yet. Um, and uh, if you want to play all the other Yakuza games, uh, to, to have a PS4, because they're, if they're not out yet, they're all coming like by the end of this year or next year. So there you go. All the Yakuza's. So play all the Yakuza's. Seven of them. There'll be seven. So many Yakuza's. And a Judgment. Or judge eyes, or whatever we're calling that one, <sighs> guys. I'm actually really excited. I'm so happy that they're doing the com- the the RPG style Yakuza Seven. I can't wait. That'll be fun. And you still get to hit people with a bike. So, right? No. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> More than likely. More than likely. All right. Dusk Diver is coming out in October. It's from P Cube. Um, yeah, well, that's the publisher. It's uh, JFI Games and Jera Game Studios' Dusk Diver. It'll be coming out for both North American and European regions on Steam. It's currently in early access. On October 25th, it'll go out for real. And uh, it'll also come out on PS4 and Switch in Europe, with Nintendo getting PS4 and Switch a little bit later that week, October 29th. It's a 3D action RPG set in Taipei's... Uh, Ding District. I can't say that word. I'm so sorry. A player's control high school student, Yang Yomo, as she fights against the demonic invasions with the support of guardian spirits. And we've got a trailer, if you don't know what that means. And you can see, oh, it's an action RPG sort of thingy. 
So there you go. Go check that out. And we have Atelier Ryza. Anna, what's going on? A new Atelier game with real-time combat? Mm-hmm. How does that work? Um, watch the trailer. Watch the trailer. Yeah. Okay. Do, have you? Is this a new trilogy or something? Yes. Is this totally new? Okay. Is this the first time we're seeing anything on it? I don't no. remember this before. Okay. This is the first time People they showed the combat? She thick. Uh, she thick. Okay. Yeah. Combat's this, in the other story. I really like that it looks like they've got a better graphics engine now. Like, the lighting is just so much better. Everything's less flat. So, uh, I like the way it looks. I don't know if it'd be good. What do we know about it? Uh, is it coming? Watch the trailers, first of all. And it's coming... Oh, is that out soon? Yeah, next North... month. Next month, October 29th, on Switch and PS4 and PC. And um, there's some staggering between the... U.S. and Europe on the Switch and PS4 versions. PCs all October 29th. Everything else uh, the 1st of November. Um, more details in the story. And uh, watch the trailers. Get excited. And a uh, new combat system, I guess, because they want to be like a Tales game. I don't know. They've got a combat trailer up, too. You can watch that. And see how it looks. Oh, yeah. That's very action-y. Okay. Cool. Uh, Borderlands 3 has already started talking about DLC before the game even came out. Come on, people, don't do this anymore. Apparently, Gearbox didn't get the memo. Um, uh, Oh, I see why they're talking about it, because they want to talk about True Vault Hunter mode, which is like their new game plus, because people, of course, are going crazy wanting to know details. Uh, There's some... uh, there's they've got details for the thing that's taking place of badass rank it's called guardian rank so you can learn more about how that works by reading the story vault hunter plus will be coming um mayhem mode excuse me vault hunter mode which is like new game plus that'll be coming and then there's mayhem which is like uh i don't know some other thing with high difficulty and lots of monsters so (laughs) i can't can't keep it all straight you'll be able to shoot lots of things with lots of guns in borderlands 3 and it's coming out soon when is Borderlands 3 coming out? October. September 13th. Oh, sorry. There you go. September 13th. PS4, Xbox One, PC. PC is exclusively on the Epic Games Store, but only for six months. Not a one-year exclusivity deal. Guess if you're big enough, you don't have to do the one-year sign. Hmm. Woo! Monster Hunter Iceborne announced that, hey, we've got Zenogre in it. Oh, by the way, it's out now. So, uh, yeah. Zenogre will be coming out, um, I think it's just in it. And they're adding Rajang as a free update in October. Uh, yeah, Zenogre is very sparkly. It shocks you. It's very shocking. Uh, look forward to Monster Hunter now, since it's out now. And Chris has no time to play it, but it's out now. And I don't know what to do with my life. Because I have to save Denmark, but also kill the monsters. So I don't know what I'm doing. Everybody help. Okay. Peter, now's a good time to get back into Monster Hunter. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, so much monsters. Okay. Anna, this is for you. It's a Canadian game studio called UD- UDX International. They showed off a trailer demoing some early gameplay for Wheel of Fate. Isn't that a book series? Uh, no, that's Wheel of Time. Oh. Not to be confused with game show Wheel of Fortune. All different things. Uh, Wheel of Fate looks at uh, artificial intelligence paving new storylines. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. 
The game uses artificial intelligence to pave new storylines for players. It's a single-player action RPG where decisions work with a spinning wheel to change the experience with each playthrough. Battles are turn-based. Um, da, 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 da. Takes in the world of takes place in the world of Providence, where the protagonist awakens the eponymous Wheel of Fate and causes the return of an evil army. Oops, and uh, yeah, oops. Watch the trailer. So, see how that goes. Uh, the Nintendo Direct happened. Yes. Well, yeah. What happened in, in that Nintendo Direct? Uh, um, oh, everything. Eh, not much. Not much. <laughs> it was very boring. I don't know why people keep watching those. First off, they showed um, some video of Trials of Mana, the the 3D remake of Trials of Mana, not the 2D one that came out on it's Switch so already. Good. Um, I think you played that at PAX and I talked did. about it already, so you can go revisit that by reading her impression on the site. Next up, uh, Game Freak. You know, the people who actually make the Pokemon games, they've got a new game coming called Town. Uh, or at least it was called Town. Now it's called Little Town Hero. The You uh, try to save a small village from invading monsters, enlisting the aid of villagers to fight them off. And I don't know, I don't remember. How does this one work? Just action RPG or what is this? Does anyone remember? It's turn-based. I, think it's, I think it's turn-based. Turn-based, okay. And is there farming and stuff in this or is it just... I don't know. Um, there's a lot of details that so. are still think, fuzzy. Yeah, yeah the there's last, a lot of defending villagers, I think. Yeah. The last trailer, I think, focused mostly on the combat. And I think one of the, I guess, the key perks to it was the fact that combat doesn't seem to be based on uh, any kind of, like, attacks that you learn along the way. He just has ideas. Mm. And when you click on the idea, he seems to just generate an attack based on something. Oh, so he's it's, a manga hero. Got it. Yeah. All right. So uh, here's the thing I care about this game. It, the music is mostly composed by um, Toby Fox from Undertale. So I'm going to be buying this if for no other reason than to listen to the soundtrack. October 16th was when that thing's coming out. He's like got to be in his glory with Sons showing well, up we're in about to get to that, and, yeah. Or did yeah. Okay. That's the other thing with Toby Fox. His character Sans is showing up as a costume for the Me Gunner. So not as a playable character. A lot of people disappointed about that. But if you put that costume on or excuse me, if you buy the pack that includes that costume, you also get a new track um of music which is Sans's Megalovania fight theme and then you can uh you can play money or play uh smash with that theme going on in the back room and somebody who looks like sans and uh it's cool and they had trailer and and stuff so for some so there you go yeah toby and uh masuda both told the story that's like toby went over to masuda's place to play no, smash sakurai sakurai sorry why did i say matsuda mitsuda is the composer for the chrono trigger games thank you thank you um, <laughs> i have him on the mind for some okay <laughs> I have been personally crapping, cracking up at the memes that a me costume has gotten more attention than the announcement of a fighter. Yeah, nobody cares about Terry. Like, really? SNK fighter in Smash? Is that what we were waiting for? I don't think so. No, no not, not Terry. Buff Pokemon fighter. Oh, buff Pokemon fighter. Got it. Get it right. It does look like the Pokemon fighter got buff. <laughs> Anna's hoping they have the uh, female version of Terry available as an alternate costume or... um. What do you call that? Fatal cutie. Form? What do you call the? What do you call the um, alternate? F- um, a mirror fighter. Echo fighter. Echo, Echo fighter. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen though. Sadly. Oh Terry. Um, poor guy got overshadowed by a costume. 
Yep. At least in the U.S. All right. So following the... the oh, no. In Japan, too. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, they're quick looks at remakes for the Zelda Link's Awakening and Dragon Quest XI-S. So they sold some details about those. Those are still coming. You know that already. Link's Awakening, September 20th. Dragon Quest XI-S, September 27th. They give you a whole li- a week to finish Link's Awakening, Anna. Hooray! <laughs> And then they announced uh, something that Anna totally didn't expect, nor did anybody else. An enhanced remake of Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE on- Sharp FE called <laughs> Sharp FE Encore. You can thank RPG Backtrack for this. <laughs> we you called it, it last week just uh, yes. on, uh, with blind luck? <laughs> yeah, no, it was like the funniest coincidence in the world because literally like the last 30 minutes of it was us begging for it on Switch and saying that well it's probably not going to happen because the game did so poorly and as soon as i saw the, like the um character screen i was like no way i'm wondering we if they're doing this because they still want to do smt6 on the switch or whatever right so do you mean they, five whatever it is so they need to prove that it's gonna sell sell I, I don't know i don't know why they're doing this i do not understand why they're doing this they're adding some I'm, music I, to it right and some new story I don't stuff. know either. I'm just happy they are. Mm-hmm. Say what? Apparently Daniel uh, in our chat room says, you can thank me for this. I've tweeted and emailed everyone every single direct it wasn't announced. I'm taking full credit. It's like, <laughs> I'm sure they totally didn't ignore your tweets and emails. Yeah. No, I'm crediting Backtrack. We, right. we basically did a summoning circle and yeah, it came I mean, true. It takes, what, a week to decide to do an enhanced port and, and put together all the, the video footage for a direct, right? So Sure. I mean, never sure. mind that your podcast wasn't even posted yeah, by the time yeah, this was announced. Yeah, and getting hold of the recording before it was posted. Before it yes. was posted. Well, I think uh, Mike posted it that night, and I don't know if he even put in a disclaimer that was like, hey, we recorded this a week ago and had no idea this was even happening. It was just a lucky guess. That's great. We had a funny conversation uh, right before PAX about um, people who either predict stuff on the site or like times that we've gotten in trouble because our April Fool's joke stories were a little too close to the truth. <laughs> Love to talk about that on a podcast that isn't three hours yeah, long. Some other, sh- yeah. some other week. Yes. Um, Divinity Original Sin 2 was also in the direct and they pointed out, hey, it's out today. It's out for 50 bucks and it has cloud save support, cloud sync support between Steam and Switch. Like, uh, just like how... Um, uh, Civ 6 has so you can take your save that you never finished on PC and now try to finish it on Switch maybe which I don't know maybe I'll think about doing so I think that's really cool that they've got that um, and also I don't know how the tiny little Switch screen is going to work for Divinity Original Sin 2 but we'll see and uh, yeah there was a Divinity game at PAX right did you talk about it did you play it did anyone go to that Anna? Miss Diana and Chrissy played oh good all right, so check out their impression when that goes up. Assuming they're writing one. Whew, more stuff. Sword and Shield showed some uh, of the fashion customizations you can do. We won't focus on that right now. Um, you can make camps and have multiplayer or something. People can come over and you can cook, make curry on rice. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, oh, and they showed off a Pokemon that somebody totally called on like 4chan in two th- or Reddit in 2014, Pole Tea Geist, which is a teapot with a ghost in it. And it's adorable, and there's lots of memes about it already. So there you go. 
the most British Pokemon. And the, also Cramorant, but I don't remember what that one was because Poltegeist was so good it made me forget the other one. Um, Cramorant is a bird that horks fish. Um, oh, that's a bird that with the fish in its in its throat and it can f- yeah. spit it up at you if it okay, yeah yeah if you attack it while it's doing that move. Yeah. Right. I think if it does surf or or waterfall, it gets a fish in its mouth, and then if it gets attacked, it'll counteract with horking the fish at the opponent. Great. Whew. All right. Then Nintendo made a lot of people happy and said, hey, uh, it's, it's time. We're going to do SNES games on the Nintendo Switch Online. And, yes. And they started with 20 games, which are out now. And uh, including Zelda Link to the Past and Breath of Fire and a bunch of other games. And then everyone's already starting to swamp the Twitters with, here's what you should have on here. Blah, 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 blah. And we will, of course, never get all the things we want and uh, just deal with it. And they also announced a $30 uh, wireless controller that's basically a SNES controller that you'll be able to get if you're a Nintendo Online subscriber. This is kind of like how they announced NES controllers that nobody bought for the service for the NES games, except the SNES controller looks like a controller I would actually want, and it's you don't need to buy two, so it's only 30 bucks instead of 60 And uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I bought the NES controllers. Okay. Any good? I haven't used them. You haven't used them. All right, cool. Good job. Yeah, I, I, I was hovering like, I had intended to buy those, and I thought about it for a while, and I'm like, I would never use those. I have these great 8-BitDo controllers that link to my Switch and the Switch Pro controller and other options. Um, and while I don't like the D-pad on the Switch Pro controller, I have other things that do have a good D-pad already, and why would I actually intentionally put a NES controller in my hand with those sharp edges when I have a SNES style controller already. Yeah. If if it was the dog bone, I would totally bite, but since it's the square ones that cut into your skin, no. The only reason I can think of is like there might be some games that it's slightly nicer to have the the B&A buttons aligned right next to each other for doing moves where you've got your... where you have your thumb permanently pressing down B and then flexing it in to go and press A when you're jumping and stuff, but that's about it. It's funny you mention that because when I was testing out Super Metroid, I was having trouble doing the diagonal shooting because my fingers kept going to the ZR and uh, ZL buttons. Mm -hmm. And you can't remap it. Yeah, Yeah, remapping should always be a thing you can do because the easy answer to my thumb thing is like um, use uh, Y and B on the SNES controller, right? Because then it's angled Mm -hmm. just like your thumb and, well, whatever. And also, the, these have the rewind feature built in from the get-go, which, which is nice. It, You've already played some remind, of these, haven't you? Yeah. It, well, what's funny is I booted up Demon's Crest because I never played that, and I hear it's super hard. It immediately reminds you that you can rewind that game. Because <laughs> you're going to need to. Yes. <laughs> Unless, well, I mean, you can play it legit style, but who wants to do that at uh, that time? So oh, many no. games this month. <laughs> we don't have time to learn to play Demon's Crest the real way. Let's... Yeah. Let's use technology and and be better. (laughs) All right. Uh, Action Mecha title, Damon Cross Machina, is getting a prologue demo version out now, um, ahead of its full release next week. Oh, my gosh. Another game next week. This is ridiculous. Pronounce it X. Damon X. X It's not Cross. I learned the letter X is always Cross in Japanese game titles, so this is surprising. Not always. Uh, Not always. It was Pokemon X and Y. Well, that's... All right, fine. (laughs) All right, so uh, your demo progress can be carried over, and it includes four-player co-op. 
Is this the one that's having the special controller come out that I pre-ordered? I think so. Okay. Because uh, my hands always hurt when I play Switch, so I wanted something new. Um, and I've got the Satisfy thing, and I'm going to try this other thing. And, oh, here's... Oh, I had a bunch of stuff in my Switch case. I better look at that later. See, okay. I just bought me uh, little hand grips for the Joy-Cons. Mm-hmm. Feels better. And you can still put it in the dock. Yeah. All right. Um, the, so that's the demo for Damon X Machina. And then we have some reminders at Witcher 3 Wild Hunts coming out October 15th. The free-to-play Dauntless is out soon. Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch is out September 20th. Call of Cthulhu's out on October 8th, and The Outer Worlds is soon, and Vampire is on October 29th. But that's not all. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is coming for the Switch. That's right. We're remaking Xenoblade Chronicles from the Wii. You know, that one that we had to write the letters, and we, I won't read it now. I got my weird response about how we don't care about what you wrote. We're going to do it anyway later, but not acknowledge mm-hmm. it for now. Um <laughs> Uh, eight years later now it's going to come out sometime 2020 so it will be oh. uh, it looks like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 graphics engine but Xenoblade Chronicles which there you go it'll look nicer and maybe hopefully have a decent frame rate because Xenoblade Chronicles 2 sure didn't so we'll see how that goes uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 1 on Wii looked te- terrible for the time it looked like a PS2 game well if you thought that was way. bad play the 3DS port <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's even less less good graphics <laughs> but it, it makes sense they're putting this out because it, it kind of ties into xenoblade chronicles 2 in a way mm-hmm. okay yeah oh you it's a, got... fairly big, it's a fairly big way but it's a massive yeah. spoiler yeah i forgot you <laughs> hadn't got that far no sorry i, I also have <laughs> never finished xenoblade chronicles 1 so yeah then you, you, you won't get it yeah. <laughs> you, need, you yeah. need to actually finish both games <laughs> cool well maybe i'll do that someday they're really long but they're so good yeah. i know but i get i get distracted in being yeah. completionist and leveling up all the things and then i i had it all comes back to i have to keep playing that stupid diving mini game for parts for the android and then i also have to play uh, uh, learn how to spin characters in the air and i'm not good at that and then i get distracted and then i get bored you really don't I know, I know I don't, but I'm stupid like that. But uh, you do. You at, don't, the very but you do. Least, yeah. I, at the very least, I hope for this remake that they pay, um, adjust the level curve some because you do hit a brick wall pretty late game. In Xenoblade 1? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fun to boss. I just, don't you just say that's the power of the Monado over and over and then that takes care of everything? No. Well, I no, you, you, you have to really feel it as well. I'm really feeling it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, don't forget me. I'm so sad they patched that out of the second one. That was my favorite part. Don't forget me. Stupid soldiers. Uh, all right. Uh, what else we got? Dragon Quest 1 to 3 is coming to Switch in Japan. And a Dragon Quest um, walking game like Pokemon Go has been announced. Or it has a date now, rather. So DQ 1 through 3 is coming out for PS4 and 3DS on September 27, 2019. And a Switch release is... Oh, alongside the Switch release of Dragon Quest XI S. Um, and then they announced Dragon Quest Walk is coming to Japan September 12th. So that's this week for iOS and Android. 
Um, no word on any of that stuff for um, the West, except, of course, Dragon Quest XI S is out soon. Um, Moon is coming to Nintendo Switch, whatever that is. It's, it's a Moon Remix RPG Adventure. It's from Japanese developer Onion Games, and it was out for PlayStation in 1997, and it'll be out on October 10th in Japan. So this is Japanese stuff. This was in the Japanese direct, not in our direct. So, yeah, but it's coming west. Oh, it is so, coming out here too. Oh, yeah, Onion Games. That's it's coming. Yeah, being out at a later date. A later date. Okay. Cool. But yeah, it's basically supposed to be an uh, anti-RPG, so it sort of deconstructs loads of. Oh, deconstruct RPG stuff like like saying the uh, hero going into ta- into houses and stealing stuff. <laughs> Don't you play it, as a ghost it, it deals in that? With that? I don't think so. All right, yeah. well, look it up later. We don't have time now. <laughs> okay. Brigandine. Yes, there's, there's a review from Gaijin. Okay, cool. There's the PlayStation version. Brigandine is coming from Japanese publisher HappyNet. I just like their name. Um, it's a new Brigandine game called Brigandine The Legend of Runeersia. It'll be coming out on Switch in spring of 2020, and there's an announcement trailer you can watch. And that's all we know. Japanese only for now. Yes. Um, no, it, it was a English press, English press release. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, out it, here sometime in 2020. Good. Uh, Fairy Tale. That's T A I L, not T A L E. It's getting an RPG. It's an anime, and it's uh, from Koei Tecmo and Gust. Yes, Koei Tecmo and Gust. Remember, they own Gust now, right? So. Um, how is this going to work? I don't know. I just seen the dude, um, burning with power and girls. They just show some battle animations. So there you go. Fairy tale. It's an anime. Buy it. So that's, that's the effect of that trailer. And, um, what do we know? PS4, Switch, PC, 2020. I assume US and Japan. Yeah. Global announcement. All right. Puzzle Quest is coming back to Switch. I feel like we already heard this before, but, uh, well, even if we did, here you go. Uh, D3Go, a subsidiary of D3 Publisher, and Infinity Plus 2, because Infinity Plus 1 was already taken, I guess? I don't know. Have announced Puzzle Quest The Legend Returns. It's an enhanced version of Puzzle Quest Challenge of the Warlords. It includes both the original game and the Revenge of the Plague Lord expansion, as well as additional content, because Puzzle Quest 1 wasn't long enough, including new quests, classes, spells, items, and more. Puzzle Quest The Legend Returns will be released for Switch in September, September 19th, 2019, for fourteen ninety nine, because that's what you needed to add to your plate. <laughs> if you're wondering, so, uh, Puzzle Quest has now come out on 3DS, PSP, PC, Xbox 360, PlayStation 2, Nintendo Wii, PlayStation 3, and iOS. <laughs> also, speaking of Puzzle Quest, because it just reminded me, there was a game being showed off called Rogue um, something. Uh, I have it in my library now. Uh, it's, it's essentially like Puzzle Quest, but instead of the battle system being Match 3, the battle system is Peggle. Oh, <laughs> that actually um, sounds fun. It's actually it was more it's more like um, Peggle plus Diablo because it's your dungeon crawling, but like uh. also like 
I also view that as, I mean, if Peggle's a battle system, you're going for a more puzzle quest vibe. But either way, yeah, you do pe- you do Peggle for your battling and progression, and that charges up your skills and stuff. And yeah, anyway, it's a Peggle RPG. I'm excited. It's called Round Guard. Um, can we just get it already? I don't know. I actually want to remind you when that's coming out because that sounds awesome. Um, oh, I just made a mistake. My computer's all stuck here. Come on. Yes, thank you. I know. So it's a roguelike Peggle game with RPG type stuff going on and whatever. Uh, round guard. And when is that coming out? <laughs> it is uh, early 2020. It's available early um, early 2020. That's it. So there's a beta if you join their um, Discord, and they still have keys left, so you can check that out. And I figured you should know about that, and it looks amazing. So there you go. Bouncy dungeon crawler with pinball physics, lots of loot, and a randomized castle vert full of oddballs. So, uh, and then after that impromptu news, we have, ooh, a new retro handheld console called Evercade. I actually haven't heard of this, so what is this? Um, what? They're going to have cartridges? This is weird. So it looks like a small handheld with uh, SNES-style buttons. And you have... No, except it's Xbox-style because the X and Y are swapped and A and B are swapped. But other than that... Um, we have coffee cup falling off my desk is what we have hdmi out uh, a 4.3 inch screen a unique style of cartridge i don't know why that's an appealing thing uh 8-bit and 16-bit games and they've confirmed the following publishers are putting games out on it atari namco museum which would just be Nam- bandai namco wouldn't it all right interplay data east mega cat studios whoever they are and pico p-i-k-o whoever they are uh, they have a trailer for it. They're going to have a white version and a black version. Here's what you care about. How much is it going to cost? Standard, including one cartridge, 80 bucks. Premium, including three cartridges, 100 bucks. So, obviously, to your advantage to buy more cartridges. Cartridges are going to be 20 bucks each. Um, I assume... Uh, I don't know why they... They make it sound like you just put whatever game on the cartridge you want, but I doubt that's how it works. It's coming out. Uh, yeah, it's cartridges that are like bundles of games. Yeah, okay. So you buy the name. So like the, the official, yeah, like I think they've announced a couple of Atari cartridges and like all the games that are included on those. All right, so March it's like 20th, eight or, nine games per cartridge, I think. March 20th, 2020, excuse me. Um, Pre orders open now, apparently, but. They're not actually open. Um, they should be open, but they're not, so that's weird. And they're going to get in retailers everywhere. And uh, do we have an, a confirmation of how many games on a cartridge? It varies. Um, I think they have a couple of lists on the... Oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, so let's look at this one. Namco Museum Collection 1 has... Looks like six games in it. So, yeah, that's some... Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, 11 games. Uh, so for collection one, you get Galaxian, Pac-Man, Xevious, Mappy, Dig Dug, Star, Star Luster, um, Battle Cars, Metal Marines, Little Rabble, Quad Challenge, and Mappy Kids. So it seems like they got the popular ones listed first, and then these ones you haven't heard of on the bottom. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
what's Atari doing? Let's look at what the Atari ones. They've got ooh a lot more on this. So Atari games because they're teeny. Uh, Centipede, Adventure, Alien Brigade, Asteroids, Missile Command, Crystal Castles, Food Fight, Desert Falcon, Motorcycle, Canyon Bomber, Gravitar, Double Dunk, Ninja Golf, Steeplechase, Night Driver, Tempest, Video Pinball, Aquaventure, uh, Yars Return, not Yars Revenge, um, and Sword Quest. Um, but keep in mind, those are Atari games, so they look like garbage. So, yay. Unless you have nostalgia for that, in which case I apologize for insulting your Atari preferences. Uh, this is not really interesting to me, but okay, there's a thing. If you need a retro handheld console because hacking your phone is too hard and, well, you actually want to legally get ROMs, and uh, there you go. That's the way to do it. Coming out next year. Okay. Editorial. Just going to list these. You're going to have to go look them up yourself. We've got a River City Girls interview. We have a Crystar review. We have a Reign of Reflections demo impression. We have her um, Adventure Corner focusing on Catherine Full Body Edition. Um, Udarari Ramono Zan Review, which you can you kind of got that earlier from Alex. Um, a general What Have You Been Playing for August? I'm, I'm scared to see what that's going to look like for September. We, yeah. have, <laughs> we have a review of Mabel in the Wood, which is another indie game we saw at, at PAX. I just didn't get around to playing. Um, we have a Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel PS4 review. So this is the first one on PS4, right? So, And then we have like over 40 impressions from PAX, many of which come from Anna Marie and a handful from David and Zach and Mistiana and Chrissy. Woo! Brief time. Brief, 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 brief. Boxers. Ah. River City Girls Collector Edition is revealed, and it's already sold out. <laughs> Sin Slayers is releasing in September. Whatever Sin Slayers in that's coming out in September. I don't care. Uh, it's out now. Oh, that's not. Okay. Shores Unknown is coming out next year, whatever that is. Um, Star Ocean First Departure R is coming to Tokyo Game Show, and they we have some images up. You can go check that out. Is that the mobile game? No, that's the remake of the oh, remake of the first game. Remake of the remake. So remaster, remaster of the remake. <laughs> Remastered remake of Star Ocean One. Got it. Cool. Ashen is coming to more platforms. Forged of Blood update is adding a sandbox mode. I don't know what Ashen or Forged of Blood are. Oh my gosh. Alder's Blood has a demo. Man, I can't keep up with all these games. Oh, it's a Kickstarter game. Yeah, all right. So that's why I don't know that one. Ark of Alchemist is coming out for 2020 in the West. Niflheim is coming to consoles in September. Monster Sanctuary is now available on Steam in early access. Okay, I, Monster Sanctuary has got me intrigued. That's a good name. What do you do here? Uh, pixel Art Monster Collecting Game. There you go. Uh, you can get it for 16 bucks right now. Uh, Bless Unleashed has an open ba- uh, beta coming in November. That's a Bandai Namco. Looks like. There you go. It's a free-to-play MMO. Uh. God Eater 3 has more updates coming. Um, God Eater 3? When did God Eater 2 happen? Oh, God Eater. God Eater, not God Hand. Okay. God Eater 3 has free updates coming for that. So if you're into God Eater, check that out. Alex, you're my godheader, god eater expert. Do you care about these updates? Yeah, not so much. Not so much. I, okay. I didn't 
care that much about Godly 3. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I was wondering if this got you interested in the game after all. All right. Code Vein is getting a spa. Yep, that's the announcement. Deal with it. <laughs> Code Vein's coming out September 27th. That's the anime Dark Souls game. We'll see if it's uh, been polished up and is uh, good to go now. Because um, uh, honestly, we're at that point where you can't really judge the game at this point because it's been out for so long and you've seen so many pre-release versions. You really need to get a review of the final version to see did they clean up all the complaints. All right, Bard's Tale 4 physical console release has been announced. It's uh, out today for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, it's on Game Pass, actually. I saw that as a thing I could get. So Yeah, no, yeah the physical's out yesterday in Europe and okay. out October in North America. Cool. Let's see. Um, and then 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Aegis Rim. Uh, let's see. The, na- the new details are some screenshots, names for protagonists... And uh, oh, this is the this is the vanillaware game that's like run around and talk to people persona style at, with the vanilla style artwork, and then turn into a tactical RPG that you command from a way zoomed out overhead map. Oh my gosh, I I can't wait to see a review of this one. <laughs> yeah, I've got no idea what this plot's going to be because yeah. it's got weird time traveling and of course, <laughs> if, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's so much weirdness. Okay, is this accurate? Is there only five games coming out this week? That can't be. Well, there's there's five semi-major RPG-ish. Oh, there's so many games. That All was right. just what I grabbed from the box on the website. Okay. Um, yeah, and like in the past week, we had Final Fantasy VIII Remake, Children of Mortar, which I talked about earlier, the re-release of Torchlight 2 on some platforms, Divinity Original Sin 2 on the Switch, The Long Journey Home on the Switch, and River City Girls on a bunch of things, right? So, oh, and Astral Change and Decay of Logos, which, eh, all right. Um, and Vambrace Cold Souls. I played this! Vambrace Cold Soul! came out last week. I played some of that on my on my PC. I still have that installed because it's actually really cool. Um, it's like, uh, no, I played it on Switch. Um, it's like Darkest Dungeon, but different setting and not quite as oppressive, and it seems like it's more easy to progress, but maybe I would have found that out in Darkest Dungeon if I'd stuck with it. Um, it's still roguelike but like your character can level up and stuff. Uh, if you've wanted to try Darkest Dungeon and it seemed um, a little too imposing, maybe check out Vambrace Cold Soul. Uh, just going to plug that now here since I gave it a try this week. Okay, cool. Um, with all that said, uh, here's what's coming out this week. It looks like we've got Greedfall, Uruari Ramono Zan, Queen's Wish the Conqueror, Borderlands 3, of course, and Damon X Machina. Oh, that's so many games. This is too many games. Too many games, and that's just five, and those are the big ones. And then I think I have, like, oh, if I, oh should I even open these? They're so scary. Uh, how many other games am I going to find out are coming out this week that I didn't want to know were actually coming out this week? Well, let's find out. This is the service I do for you. I sacrifice my sanity to give you the news oh, stuff coming out this week um that oh these are not rpgs that's good uh, unless you count nascar heat 4 or nhl 20 as an rpg you probably don't uh gears of war 5 no okay um um sorry anna says gears of war 5 is only if you have the deluxe game pass thing all right anyway uh, PS4 this week, uh, we already know Iceborne's out, Monster Hunter, jeez, uh, and no, and Switch got 8,000 things, 
as Divine Menace. Is that an RPG? I think that's Chemco. 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 Risk of Rain 2. Do we cover that? We covered the first one, right? No? No, I think we did. Okay. Well, that's a roguelike, that's for sure. And the first one had amazing music. I need to figure out if the second one does too. I don't like the look of Risk of Rain 2, but the music was so good in the first one. Oh, man. Oh, Super Kirby Clash? No. <laughs> all right, cool. I think we do have all the RPGs covered already. That's 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 good. So September's starting. It's easing us off with just like two or three must-plays. You know? Yay. Uh, I don't know how to deal with this. Too many games. How do we tell the game makers not to make so many games? Or should we? I wish that they would space them out over the year instead of dumping them all in <laughs> three months. <laughs> that's fair. At the end. Uh, that's fair. Though I, I say that July was packed, too. I think just every game's an RPG now. Well, not every game. NHL 20. There you go. Okay. Whew. That's our show. Man, I'm we made it. Title suggestions, they're scary. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> too many games. Yes. Uh, Kelly, thank you. Yeah, um, I will be gone two weeks. Okay, what are you going to play during those two weeks? Uh, finish up Dragon Quest Builders. I might pull up uh, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to depend on what kind of mood I'm in while on vacation or how tired I am. Um, for those that don't know, I'm going to Japan next Saturday for two weeks. Uh, very nervous, but also very excited. Don't be nervous. You're going to have lots of fun. Everyone's really nice, and they'll help you out. And you get to go look at all the video games and Japanese culture stuff and see some shrines, so many shrines, and it's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, I have a feeling that Akihabara alone is going to break my bank account. Well, don't don't uh, forget that I think like Shinjuku and stuff is like where you go now, also for game stores. So it's not okay. just Akihabara anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe Akihabara is more for toys. Oh, go find the Pokemon store. That's fun to walk around. Yeah, in. no, I'm, that that's on my list. The Tower Records is on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Potato is like number one on my list. Oh yeah, is that still around? Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, uh, just don't get lost looking for that. It's in a back alley in Akihabara. It's not a far away back alley or anything, but it's just really easy oh. to be off by a street. You know, so good advice. Thank you. Look it up before you go, so you know where you're going. Um, cool. Or uh, when I went, you could you could get there by listening for the music. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I actually wandered into Super Potato without knowing about Super Potato. I was just meandering like one street off the main street. And I was like, what's mm-hmm. this? Oh, this looks retro. And oh, that's a cute potato logo. I'll check this out. And it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I cannot wait to go to that store. Yeah, it's a cool store. Um, assuming they've still somewhat like they were in the past. Um, enjoy yourself in Tokyo, Kelly. Thank or you. in Japan, I guess. Going anywhere yeah. else other than Tokyo? Um. Probably the Cat Island, which is going to involve like taking a train to a smaller village and then staying the night and then taking a ferry to the Cat Island. Um, We're saving Osaka and Kyoto for like maybe going back. Nito. If we do go back. But yeah, I'm 
I'm super excited. I've got a, I've got a billion things to do to get the house prepared for if away you, mode, though. If you uh, decide to go into some arcades, don't be surprised if it's a bit smoky on the floors that have all the cool games. That's just the way yeah, it is. That's what I've heard, too. Um, uh, we picked uh, Joyopolis okay. as an arcade to go to because I want to win a Sonic plush. Ah, okay. Out well, of I mean, the crane th- machine. There should, unless it's changed a lot, there should just be street corners where you see just Sega on, like, eight stories of a building you just walk in there and it, every floor is part of an arcade so um, cool. uh, just do that um and then uh also your husband saying we picked in quotes meaning you picked um and also <laughs> you may want to uh for the smoky stuff they've got all those masks you can buy in japanese stores so oh yes i forgot about that because yeah, so. i'm i'm i didn't know that until recently that um, smoking wasn't banned indoors there, and I am very allergic to cigarette smoke. So maybe that will uh, help you be able to enjoy those places better. Or you just avoid the smoky floors, but man, that's where all the cool games are. Like the games where you're actually playing with physical cards on top of like machines and Gundam simulators and stuff. So mm-hmm. those are the floors <laughs> I always wanted to hang out on. So We'll uh, see. I'm hoping that Joyopolis won't be as bad since it's more kid Kid friendly. It's at least how that's how they were putting marketing it's also it on been the website. Ten years since so I've been there, so maybe all this has died off and none of this is around anymore. So who knows? <laughs> and, and Von, we picked. All you want to do is go to manga shops. So hey, there are a lot of those. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he'll, he'll get his wish. <laughs> yes. All right. So, um, thank you, Kelly. Enjoy your time thank in you. Japan, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. What are you playing this week? Um, I should be getting through a lot of Astral Chain, hopefully. Astral Chain, cool. Alice, what yeah. are you up to? She's gone. Oh, she left. Oh, she left? Okay, bye, Alice. Yes. I hope you enjoyed dinner. Uh, Peter, what are you playing? I will be finishing up Echoes and then hopefully moving back to uh, Three Houses. Cool beans. Anna, what are you playing? She just says, Fire Emblem, from the other room. She's having a migraine <laughs> today, so... She needs to rest, or she had a migraine, so she tired out after talking about an hour of games from PAX. Uh, I'm going to finish up Elsinore. I got some other indie games. I should get back into Final Fantasy fourteen. I have a feeling it's not going to happen. Um, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the things that are really calling out to me right now is now that uh, the Dragon Quest XI Switch thing's happening, to go back and actually play the third part of that game, uh, the post-post-credits. Um, <laughs> yes, there's two sets of credits in that game, or not two sets of credits but there's two whatever the post credit stuff um and maybe go get back into that and finish that up and then i also i want to start playing all these yakuza's oh i don't know what to do folks oh i'm probably going to stick with indie games for now because pax has put me in an indie state of mind and it does that to me every year but uh I feel like this year's there's been a lot of indie games that i can actually experience after pax instead of other years where they're all just coming eventually mm-hmm. and you can't try them yet so daniel says i should just get some rest he's daniel's actually correct i should just get some rest um and and we have a new cat to take care of so we're, i think maybe i'll just go sit in the room with her and play some switch till she gets used to my scent that's always a good plan yeah so we'll see how she deals um that's it thanks everybody for being on we will catch you again next week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. If you watch, want, want to watch it live, uh, twitch.tv slash rpgamer. If you'd like to write in and tell us about, what was our question? Oh, what games are you going to play in September? Pick your poison for September. Um, it's 608-729-4098. And you can also uh, text us at that number. 
you can do the email address, which is podcast at rpgamer.com. And um, I'm sure you'll have the opportunity to tweet at us. And, of course, right on the thread on the website, you can just leave a comment in the thread. That's probably the easiest and best way to put your feedback on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next week. And until next week, until um, next month, um, keep it slow. Don't, don't worry about playing all the games. Uh, don't be anxious about all the games. Just enjoy. These are for fun. Don't neglect your life responsibilities. And uh, also stop listening to me giving you advice because I'm being an old fuddy-duddy. Uh, enjoy your RPGs and your mangas and your Japanese stuff that we are all so nerdy about here. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.